testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma test the sky. Hello and welcome to the Sport Report. I'm Kamal Karimi. I'm Garrett Vanderplug. And I'm Shafiq Hassan. Uh, we got a pretty good show lined up for you today as it's been a bit busy week in the world of sports. We're going to kick things off with uh, Deontay Wilder and the Tyson Fury fight. And we're going to recap the NHL trade deadline, maybe talk a bit of basketball. And of course, Kamal's going to give us a soccer rundown and I'm going to talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball. Like I said, let's talk some more about the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury fight too. Shafiq, what were your thoughts on that fight? Welcome to the Best of the Sports Report. In this program, we'll be listening to some of the best moments from the show this past semester, picked by myself, Connell Karimi, and my co-hosts, Garrett Vanderplug and Shafiq Hassan. We talked about a lot of different sports on the show this year, but a large percentage of our shows revolved around the NBA. Here are some of the best NBA segments from the show. To start off, we have a great segment recapping this year's NBA trade deadline. Uh, I think we should talk about the Rockets first. I think they made some questionable trades throughout this trade deadline, and I would call them a loser. What would you think? I agree with that, Garrett. You know what? Looking at that mega deal, how about that 12-player deal with involving four teams? That was Insane. really that really caught yeah. us off guard, hey? Yeah. 12 yeah, moving pieces. I was pieces. sitting at home shocked by that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Especially since they traded both of their big men. Uh, right, they just, right. They're just playing small ball. I mean, it seemed to work. They beat the Lakers last night. Yeah, how about that win? Hey? Yeah. I mean, speaking of their big man, all they got left is like their legitimate big man is Tyson Chandler right now, who's not right. playing significant minutes. Yeah, and he's like, what, 36, he's 37? In a, he's in his yeah, like, well, mid to yeah, high 30s. That was right. the big news coming out of, out of Houston, right? They, they had the small ball, and they decided they're going to announce that P.J. Tucker is going to be their center. Yeah, that's going forward. That's mean, ridiculous. That's, like, that's insane, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't expect that, that lineup to do very much, especially in the playoffs. Like, you can't expect P.J. Tucker to consistently guard players like Anthony Davis or even right. guys like Nikola Jokic right. in the West. Like, the West has some pretty good big men, right. and I just don't think that that's going to really work throughout the playoffs. Right, and, I yeah. agree. I think one of the winners that we had at the trade deadline was probably the Miami Heat as they picked up Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder. And Andre Iguodala was the apple of everyone's eye this trade deadline. It seems like everyone wanted him, especially the Lakers and the Clippers. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I think the Heat picked him up, and that should be – they picked two really good defensive players. And uh, defense wins championships, they say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As as Shafiq has been saying. Yeah, as Shafiq has definitely been saying. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've been advocating for Iguodala, too, as you guys know. Um, For sure. Just going back to the Rockets for a second, you know what? Um, Speaking of P.J. Tucker, he's a tenacious defender, but I agree that size-wise, those matchups can be a factor over the long run and probably not the most sustainable too, right? Right. But uh, they'd definitely be someone like in the buyout market. A candidate to land someone like Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. who's reportedly headed toward the buyout market. It's not. We're not sure about that, but it is certainly. I, I a could possibility. see him getting bought out, especially since the Cavs just picked up Andre Drummond for some right. reason. How about that acquisition? Hey, like very they, weird they really, trade. Very you know weird. What? As much as as much as they create a logjam at front court for right now, at least. They really got him for a really low price, only giving up John Henson, Knight, and a second-round pick, so why not, right? Yeah, I'm surprised the Pistons didn't try to move him to a contender to try and bring back uh, a bigger package. Right. From the sounds of it, it sounds like there was not much interest in him, surprisingly so, because yeah. I, I view him as the best rebounder in the league. He's a board machine. Right, yeah. right. He certainly is ex- extremely dominant on the offensive boards, especially. Absolutely. Uh, the Wolves and Warriors swapped D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins. What were your thoughts on that? That was probably the biggest trade. Yeah, I like by, that by trade far. for the Warriors, too, yeah, actually. Wiggins you know, has like been balling this year. Sides. You know, yeah, I, right. I think you said the Warriors, like you said, getting Wiggins, great, great pick. But uh, 
I think the T Wolves have been had their eye on D'Lo for a while. You know, right. they've, they've been wanting him since the summer, and mm-hmm. they finally went out there and made the move they wanted to get him. Right. I think that move was pretty good because Carl uh, Anthony Towns has been very, very frustrated the last couple of years, contis- consistently losing, not getting very much help. So hopefully, D'Angelo Russell is uh, some more help that they can get. For hopefully. sure. They've had some trouble in that in that point. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, D'Angelo Russell's and Carl Anthony Towns' friendship is no secret as well, of course, coming from the same draft class. For sure. Right. Um, you know what? Looking at this trade for the Warriors, I do like it for them because I feel like Andrew Wiggins is going to adapt sort of that Harrison Burns type of role. Mm-hmm. Looking back at their early years of the dynasty, I feel like he could really adapt that role, have a good chemistry, develop some good chemistry with Draymond Green. Steph, Cl- Steph, sorry, Steph Curry is almost back, scheduled to be re-evaluated at the end of this month. Of course, Clay Thompson will be re- recovering. If not by the end of this year, he'll be back next season. So they could be a real legitimate force next year. So it'll be something to look forward yeah, to. Absolutely. Uh, I like I like Wiggins to the Warriors too. Um, the Warriors just have uh, a better player development system, I think, compared right. to Minnesota. Right. And I think that's what Wiggins really needs. He's never really had that uh, that system in place for him for where sure. he's been able to completely develop and right. whatnot. I, I believe that uh, the Steve Kerr uses him, you know? It'll yeah. Be, right, right. Mm-hmm. I believe the change of scenery Hopefully can he gets really big benefit minutes. him. Right. Yeah, rather than just turning him into a spot-up shooter. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is, I mean, how is he going to fit in with that uh, with Draymond? Steph and Clay. I feel like he will because probably you look at their ball to the look at, four. Look at, I, mean, I was, he's, I was he's thinking been there, but like yeah. you, look, you look at their ball movement system, right? I feel like that's going to do wonders for him. Mm-hmm. For sure. But uh, there's certainly going to be a period of like adapting to their system, of course. But I'm sure Steve Kerr will take care of it, being the great coach that he is. Mm-hmm. Some other moves made last night: the Clippers acquire Marcus Morris from the Knicks and Isaiah Thomas. The Clippers do not intend to sign Isaiah Thomas this season. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I feel I feel bad for Isaiah Thomas, but uh, it's just likely because they don't want to cut anyone else from the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish Isaiah Thomas the best. Hopefully, someone does pick him up for a league minimum. Right, being the great scorer that he is, he could provide like a much needed scoring presence for anyone off the bench yeah i think the lakers might pick him up they they, they could Speaking we were of the looking lakers, for a guard i was right, surprised right. that we stayed still last night right right um you know what one thing to look at though darren collison reportedly um if mm-hmm. he does come out of retirement the lakers are the front runners to sign him something to keep an eye on because yeah. the lakers still do have good guard depth in my opinion but they could always use another ball handler as has been much reported and speculated um I've, it's really unfortunate for Isaiah Thomas going back to that, but I wish him all the best. Yeah, for sure. I thought he was starting to hit his stride in Washington. They were kind of he starting was, to trust right. him more and whatnot. You know what? That could indicate a potential John Wall return imminently because he's been yeah. – there's many videos surfacing of him on the internet of him uh, shoot around and then pregame shoot around drills and everything. So he could be back imminently. Right. Uh, what do you think about Marcus Morris himself? Do you think uh, he's going to do a lot of big things for the Clippers? I feel like he's a good scorer. He's a, he's a, another good defender to add in there. One thing that I question about the Clippers is their just their ball movement, their floor mm-hmm. general, because they don't really have a true, true point guard in my opinion. Right. Nonetheless, they are a great two-way team, tenacious defensively, and I consider them the favorite coming out of the West. But, of course, it'll be a dogfight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some teams who stayed pat last night uh, included your Toronto Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you hope that they were going to make a move? I did hope that we were going to get a shooter. One thing a lot of people are forgetting as the deadline passes is <coughs> the buyout market, right? Some names to keep in mind. There could be shooters available, like someone who's available right now, former Toronto Raptors, CJ Miles. I wouldn't mind us picking him up. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind, though, when you do sign someone, you obviously have to clear a roster spot and get rid of someone else. Being the deep team that we are, that would be a tough decision to make. But I look forward to the buyout market. One thing to remember is that we signed Jeremy Lin last year during the buyout market. He played some significant minutes down the stretch, oh, reducing yeah. Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet's workload. Consider and the signing is made particular due into reason to Fred Van Vliet's injury during the season, just to reduce Kyle Lowry's workload, being the great point guard that he is. 
I don't know. Like I was, I wasn't surprised at all that the Raptors stayed put. I was, I wanted them to stay put, just because I think that they are overachievers. Um, I respectfully disagree with you, Garrett. <laughs> but uh, you know what? One thing I feel like um, it's no secret that the West is they're a good team. I'm not going to take that away from them. But right, I don't, they're definitely not a contender in my mind. I don't see it at all. Well, first of all, you're wrong, and here's why. So looking <laughs> at the West, like make no mistake, this full of star power, big names: LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, James Harden. I could go on for an hour if I wanted to. But uh, looking at the East, I feel like it's closer than most people think. And there's a lot of sneaky good teams down there. First off, let's start with the Pacers. Victor Oladipo coming back over the past week. He's going to hit a stride. He's already hitting it. Speaking of the Pacers, my Toronto Raps will be playing them tonight. Yeah, as we are on a season-long Pacers a contender. Well, they're, they're, they're a sneaky good team. They're a sneaky good they're team. They're a very good team. They might be able to win a series. They're not going to go to the Eastern Conference <laughs> I think Finals, it, I, I don't think. I think it'll come down to seeding. But uh, um, you're right, because it's going to be my Toronto Raptors likely against the Milwaukee Bucks or 76ers, depending on how it pans out. I don't, I don't trust Toronto the Celtics. in the playoffs. I, yeah, I, I'm going to take the Celtics coming out of the East or the Bucks. I'd say Celtics, Bucks, Eastern Conference Final, depending on the seeding, obviously. What, what gives you the Celtics? The, what makes you think the Celtics have the edge over the Raptors? Um, I just think they have more toughness and toughness. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> oh. Um, I, I just don't really trust the Raptors' experience oh. in the playoffs. Last, oh. last, last year, I know they're defending oh. champs and whatnot, but whatever could have gone right for the Toronto Raptors went right last year. What went right besides the shot? All the injuries <laughs> to the Golden State Warriors. Oh, okay. <laughs> Every injury of the Golden State Warriors. If they have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, no. they win that series in five games. With ease. The Golden State Warriors have the best record of all time, 73-9. and nine. How much better does Kevin Durant's addition make them? Yes, he's, he's a world-class player. Yes, I believe I view him as the best scorer when healthy, but I don't think he makes them significantly better. Um, you just said Kevin Durant doesn't make them significantly better. They won 73 games without him. Okay, but they were unbeatable without him. It's hard to argue with that, him. but I, I view... Um, people are overlooking uh, the Raptors. Man. Like, we... Of course, we don't have the star power. We don't have the big name. Kawhi Leonard left us. Danny Green left us. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not going to trust someone like Pascal Siakam, a first-time All-Star. I'm not really sure about that. Um, anyway, we'll, moving on. Before, uh, we, before <laughs> we move on from the Toronto Raptors, I want to make note of one thing. The one commonality between the last three NBA championships has been one man on each roster of the last three NBA champions, Patrick McCaw. If you have this man on your team, you are guaranteed a finals appearance. Yeah, You're okay. guaranteed an NBA championship. We will come back to this in June. I look forward to coming back to it with you. Yeah. But going on. Moving on. Who, what were some of the underrated picks you like uh, throughout the trade deadline? You know what? There were, there were some really good trades. Um, it was an entertaining day nonetheless. Um, one thing I was looking at was like the acquisition of... Uh, I liked uh, <laughs> Willie Cauley-Stein. Right, right, Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein. That's what I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> Right. Uh, I feel yeah. like it's a really under-the-radar addition, right? Like, that was really not even reported that much. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about sneaky good teams in the East. I think a sneaky good team in the West is the Dallas Mavericks, I especially with that. the way Luka Doncic has been playing. And hopefully Kristaps Porzingis can start to come into his own as he's still kind of looking slow after that injury. Right. Coming back from that. And adding another big man is good for them as they didn't have too, too much depth. Like, they had Boban after Kristaps. So right. Willie Cauley-Stein off the bench as their big man is a good thing. Uh, Connell, do you have any thoughts on what you thought was an underrated thing at the trade deadline? Um, well, I think I think the Grizzlies were a little bit underrated in there. Um, they, they did a good job of going out there and trying to get the pieces that they wanted and getting rid of pieces that they didn't necessarily Right. How about them mm-hmm. acquiring Justice Winslow? That's yeah. really, like, I, I not really under the radar, but at the same time, he's a really young guy, and he's really good. For sure. Mm-hmm. They it's a great addition for them. Winslow, Diang from, uh, and Dion right. Waiters from the Heat. Right, um, right. I, I'm just looking here. Which However, speaking of Dion Waiters, they... 
it's been reported that they plan to waive him or release him. For sure. Has been a bit of a rugged year for him, but wish him the best nonetheless as well. Do you think adding a player like Winslow will get the Grizz into the playoffs? Like, as a stance, sitting they, at the eighth seed as, right as a stance, now. they hold that eighth seed, right? But I feel like the Spurs are right behind them. The Pelicans, maybe? Pelicans. Blazers. Uh, the Trailblazers, of course, yeah. right? Speaking of the Trailblazers, how about the Trevor Ariza edition? Yeah, Trevor nice Ariza. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a good pickup by them, too. Right. For sure. I think uh, the other move I was looking at here was the uh, the move for uh, ex-Raptor Bruno Caboclo. Right. Um, he He's really broken out after his Rockets. departure from our... And they got Jordan Bell from the Rockets. Yeah, Jordan Bell's underrated, too. I like for that. Sure. I, I like that pickup. underrated player. Right. Hey, you know, I wanted to make note of one thing. I feel like as as much as the Timberwolves look nice on paper following this big acquisition of D'Angelo Russell, one thing I think that what I'm speculating is that they're going to be a, a really good team offensively, not the best defensively, though. No, I, I don't. I, as as, ni- as much as Carl Anthony Towns was going to stuff the stat sheet on a nightly basis, I don't view him as a really good of a defensive player. I don't view him as a max player. Um, no disrespect to him, though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't right. think he's a max player either. Right. I mean, no wonder Jimmy Butler was mad after he got that payday, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But uh, how about speaking of Jimmy Butler? That was a hell of a deadline for the Miami Heat. Uh, they've been, you know, they've been a tenacious yeah. team defensively. I was, I was going hoping they were going to pick up Gallinari. Gallinari right. would have really put him over to the do top. So too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really hope they were going to do that. That kind of puts OKC in a weird spot. Like hopefully that I think they're gonna try and make playoffs. I think they're gonna make I playoffs feel like they if want they keep Gallinari. Ultimately, ultimately Chris Paul's been playing very well as he's back in the All Star game. Ultimately, their team is intact and they've they've been an underrated team, really well coached, of course. I feel like they're gonna make a nice push in the playoffs, maybe even win a round. You think they'll win a round? It's if, possible. It's possible. Yeah. I'll give them a chance. Uh, I was also surprised that Utah didn't make any moves. I agree. And then Denver, of course. Right? I yeah, mean, of Denver. Course they, they were involved in that mega. 12 player deal, mm-hmm. of course. But uh, I was, I thought, you know, I considered them the front runners for Kevin Love. I feel like yeah, they just didn't want to take on Love. A, I know, poor right? Kevin Love. <laughs> yeah, um, stuck I, in Cleveland forever. Uh, it seems. Yeah, I know, right? It's, Sitting I, there with Drummond now. Yeah, poor Drummond, so, poor Love. Interesting. I mean, maybe that at least uh, lets Kevin Love go back to the four, which he naturally does play. So, do you think they'll look to move him in the off season then, or I do you like, think I they would like have gone? The are they hoping for a bigger pull in the off season then? Or wouldn't they have gotten the biggest pull at the trade deadline as a contender tries to go win a ring? I feel like at the the deadline, you only have uh, contenders buying, whereas in the summer, you have all other 29 teams available to make a deal with you. you Okay, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're a seller, you're not likely to really push the pieces forward and go in and acquire a big chip that you could do the same thing in the offseason where you have more financial flexibility too, right? Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Right. That could be the case. Much like the NHL, actually, you look at it in the summer, you can make more of a hockey deal, which involves more hockey player pieces, players, and instead of assets that are moved to the deadline, such as draft picks, prospects, and whatnot. Absolutely. Uh, I was surprised that Portland never tried. I'm, I never saw anything reported about Portland trying to make a move on Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was seeing uh, rumors that they are possibly going to move Hassan Whiteside right. for oh, someone yeah. like Kevin Love. Right. And I thought that would have been a very, very good move for the Portland Trailblazers as they're trying to grab that eight seed as they're sitting right. what in the 10 spot right now a little bit surprising to me too it would have been nice to bring that hometown presence which was somewhat reported or more so speculated but uh at the same time one thing to keep in mind is use of Nurkic recently returned from mm-hmm. that injury of his right really nice long yeah that's why i was post. hoping they were going to go move for kevin love as they right. moved off of Whiteside and moved Nurkic to the five right have kevin love play the four right and then that just adds more shooting uh, I think they like that one-two time and they have that center. And then, of course, they've got Zach Collins. Carmelo Anthony plays yeah. some of the four, three and four. And mm-hmm. mix of that. Col- Collins is returning from injury soon too, eh? Right. right yeah. yeah. So they could really make that playoff push. But, of course, the Pelicans have been really good as of late. How about Zion, yeah, Zion Williamson? Williamson? Four straight games of 20-plus points. Yeah, do you think he has a shot at rookie of the year? I still consider John Moran the r- front runner for the rookie of the year. Um, I know Zion's going to, if he stays healthy, 
till now throughout the end of the season. He's likely going to force his way into the discussion, of course. Yeah. But I consider John Moran the front runner. He might, he might get it just based on hype if he just keeps playing. I hope not. Is it especially right, carrying right. the Grizzlies to oh, a playoff yeah, seed? Yeah. If they make the playoffs, remarkable. it's over. He should be rookie of the year with ease. Right. Because the right. Grizzlies were not expected. Talk about overachievers. The Grizzlies yeah. aren't overachiever this season. They shouldn't have made. Uh, they shouldn't be in the eighth seed at all. And uh, yeah, that just about wraps up our NBA segment. Kamal, let's throw it back to you. For sure. Hey, so, and before we conclude the segment, yeah. just feel free to give us a call. I'll give you our number right here. It is one four zero three four four zero six seven three nine. Feel free to give us a call and join in on the debate. We're going to be transitioning from NBA to NHL talk once again. Number one four zero three four four zero six seven three nine. Next up, we have some predictions we made prior to the NBA All Star Weekend. Um, so we were talking about the NBA All-Star Weekend, which is this weekend. Uh, really looking forward to it. I actually really look forward to the NBA All-Star Weekend. Absolutely. I think NBA. it's one of the best in sports. I think it's the best All-Star. For sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, without a doubt in my mind. And also just the amount of celebrities that come through for it is really Absolutely. insane. Yeah. Uh, it's like watching a UFC fight or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to the UFC fight in a bit. But focusing on the NBA All-Star game, let's focus on the event that's going to happen tonight. Quick run through of the NBA Celebrity All-Star game. So the teams are uh, coached by team Michael Wilbin and Stephen A. Smith. And Stephen A. Smith I think will be hilarious to watch as a head coach. I wish he was playing. Dude, I, I swear, if he doesn't put a jersey on at some yeah. point and run out there, yeah. I want to see him run. I don't know what he would look like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, have you seen that video of him boxing? Yes, and it incredible. Just looks horrible. It was the. It's one of my favorite oh, videos. Of the it year. looks horrible. Yeah, that was so, terrible. Yeah, I think uh, it's best if he doesn't touch the court. That might just ruin his whole. Life, I think so. that's why he's coaching. Yeah, he definitely got invited to play, but he was like, "No, yeah, I'm not embarrassing myself." Yeah. 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 Who, who do you think is taking away the um, what, the MVP? Uh, I think it's either going to be Quavo or Famous Loss, I think. Yeah, yeah I've got to go with Quavo for I this I think one. they just have the most skill as a basketball player. Yeah, Quavo, so. Quavo was actually the MVP in 2018. Yeah. Um, right. And so I, I think I think he's probably the favorite to yeah, take it. Yeah, for sure. I'm and surprised Bieber's not playing again. He seems right. to yeah. play all the time. Right. And he's, yeah. he's kind of coming back. He's doing everything right, right. now. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I maybe he just isn't able to for whatever reason he's yeah. going through a lot of stuff obviously um so moving on to the nba rising stars challenge which is also tonight uh it's at 9 p.m eastern time so who do you think is going to take the mvp in there and who do you think is going to win between u.s and world oh that's a tough one um i think the u.s definitely has a better squad go, gotta go sure. with the u.s the yeah team US, i mean yeah. trey young zion williamson <laughs> yeah. kendrick nunn's been playing well for miami john morant yeah. I think they just right. have a way better team. Yeah, I think like if you look at the, uh, I'm going to look at it right now, but if you look at the uh, Rookie of the Year race, mm-hmm. I feel like most of them would probably end up in that uh, U.S. team. Yeah, for you sure. Um, but, right. yeah, they're, they're, like you said, incredible players. There. What, do you th- what about you, Shafiq? I agree with you. Um, for the for the MVP, I've got a bit of a tough decision here. Yeah. I want to go to one of the point guards right here, Trey Young or John Morant. Yeah. Uh, just just going to go at John Morant, but it's, it's hard to pinpoint who I believe is going to have a bigger game. Especially with the depth of that squad, right? For sure. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go with John Morant. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take Garrett? Zion Williamson. He's been playing crazy the last couple games, having back-to-back 30-point games. Uh, yeah, I think he's gonna show out. I think he's gonna catch a few lobs from John Morant or Trey Young, oh, and he's gonna bring the house down. To it's gonna be sweet. So, moving. Any more thoughts on the rising stars before we move on? Yeah. Um, without further ado, I think it's safe to say that we believe Terrence, we both agree that Terrence yeah. Davis was snubbed. I think I think we're not biased by saying that. You know, you know, what do you think, Gary? He, he has played some pretty good basketball. He, like he probably should have been in there. Yeah, especially I'm, if if we're talking about this Trae is why we, this is why we need a Lakers either, fan so. with us. Right? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't think you, I don't think you're wrong with that. I'll give you guys that. Yeah, I mean, I mean being right. a Raptors fan, it's, it's not a big deal. Being a uh, like you know what, 
being really underrated. People always counting us out, right? Let's keep that mentality. Let's go get another chip, right? And honestly, I'm not too bummed right <laughs> now because I, I honestly I don't know if Kyle Lowry really deserves to be in there. But thank you. Obviously, he should have been a starter. What obviously, Shafiq no, doesn't no, agree no, with no, me no, on that. No. This is this is my unbiased. This is my unbiased <laughs> side talking right now. Um, I don't think Shafiq should be wants me to talk, bring that up. But anyways, let's move on <laughs> before we before we get on a debate on Kyle Lowry because yeah. I know that'll happen. Uh, let's move on to the Taco Bell Skills Challenge, which is happening um, on Saturday tomorrow, February fifteenth at nine p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the contestants, our participants, are Bam Adebayo from Miami, Patrick Beverly from uh, L.A., Spencer Dinwiddie from Brooklyn, Shay Gildress Alexander from. Oklahoma City, Chris Middleton, uh, Derek Rose will not be there, unfortunately. Uh, Shea Gilders Alexander replaced him. DeMontis Sabonis from Indiana, Pascal Siakam from Toronto, and Jason Tatum. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Right. Uh, just for some a little background, Tatum and Dinwiddie won the uh, 2019 and 2018 Skills Challenge, respectively. So it was <laughs> Din- or Tatum last year, Dinwiddie the year before. Um, and Beverly is actually a Chicago native who was crowned in 2015. Yeah, way huh. back in 2015. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Seeing uh, a lot of flack online for him being in the skills challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> you got a pass winner and you're getting a lot of flack. Yeah, I was right? surprised. I didn't even know that he won. No, That's neither did I. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, but who do you guys have taken that one? I'm um, actually, I'm torn between picking Shafiq Sky, the Toronto Raptor, Pascal Siakam, <laughs> and Jason Tatum. But I think I'm going to take Jason Tatum. I think I think he's going to go back to back. Back comes, to back. This challenge just comes down to the the three point shot, and I yeah. think Tatum is probably one of the better three point shooters in this competition. So I'm going to take Tatum. Yeah. Fair That's enough. Fair you enough. know, I've got the same two candidates for me, Pascal Siakam and Jason Tatum, and I agree with you that Jason Tatum. I would give him the edge in terms of three point shooting, maybe. Um, I've got to go with my guy Pascal Siakam. Though. It'll be a good one, though. I think it'll be not really a surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> not a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm gonna take. I, I would love to see Shea do well. You know. Oh yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Right. But I think I think Garrett made a great point. Is that it really comes down to that three pointer? And uh, right. I think, like you said, Jason Tatum definitely has. I think Chris Middleton's in with a shout. Right. Right. Um, How about the performance by Tatum last night? Eh? The double OT oh, win over the Clippers. Crazy. That was a crazy hell of a game, game for him. Dropping yeah. thirty. We'll run through the scores in a little bit here, but um, right. yeah, that was that was a crazy game for sure. Move on to the three point contest. There we go. Which is on <laughs> Saturday again, nine p.m. Eastern time is when the uh, All Star Games uh, skills competition is going to be starting. Um, we have Davis Bertans, like we said, Devonte Graham from Charlotte. Devin Booker, who is replacing, I believe, uh, Damian Lillard, who yep. unfortunately is injured and not going to be participating in the All-Star game. Nice to see Devin Booker in there. Yeah, uh, he right. we'll, get, we'll get on that yeah, in a second. He right. that <laughs> yeah. so. um, Joe Harris from Brooklyn. Buddy Hield from uh, Sacramento. Zach Levine from Chicago. Duncan Robinson from Miami. And Trey Young from Atlanta. Um, so who do you guys have taken that? I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Got a uh, little bit. Of, he's got a little bit of a streak on him now after he's got that position out through the injury you know I, yeah. think he, I think he wants to prove that he deserved to be there yeah you stole my pick with that one yeah, <laughs> yeah I was thinking the exact same thing yeah yeah uh in that just because you're taking Devin Booker I'm gonna take I'm gonna stick with the back-to-back champions I'm yep. gonna go Joe Harris from Brooklyn yeah so I think that's gonna be my pick with that I was I was thinking him. I was torn was... between Trey Young as well or even Buddy Hield, but yeah, no, I yeah. think just like as far as three pretty pointers, good, uh, yeah, pretty good uh, lineup for this. I actually, I really yeah. like the three point contest. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of my favorites. Zach Levine's in the wrong competition, was, but yeah, <laughs> I mean he's yeah. still a pretty good three he's point shooter. Good, yeah. But like, I wanted to see Levine Gordon too. 
in the dunk contest. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, for sure. I'm just gonna make my prediction too. I was gonna go Devin Burke as well. I'm just gonna go with Levine for this one. I want to put put in though that uh, these guys really dodged a bullet because if they had Kyle Lowry in there, they would not stand a chance. So they're really lucky they get a shot at winning this title. So really big opportunity for them. For sure. Um, Just a little bit background: the defending champion, like we said, Joe Harris. Um, a little bit different this year. They're actually adding uh, more shots. So they're doing a uh, different six feet behind the three-point line shot. Oh, that wow. kind of yeah. shows you what the NBA has become. Right? Yeah, Joe I mean, Harris probably won't be the best for that because he's <laughs> more of a corner specialist. Yeah, it, it might, add a, shooter. Of, right. it might so, add a lot of... Um, if Damian Lillard was Logo in that, Lillard. He'd, he'd go six yeah. for six. From Logo yeah. Lowry, too. I think right? they, put it, they put it in for <laughs> for Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's not going to be there, but yeah. they put it in for him. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you know what? I might switch to Buddy Heald then. I think I'm going to take Buddy Heald instead. Yeah? For that long one? Yeah, just just because of that. Uh, okay, so we got our picks for that one. Moving on to the slam dunk contest. Oh, can't event. wait for can't wait Marquee, for the event. Yeah. Marquee event. event. Here we go. Right. Uh, participants, we all know Pat Connaughton from Milwaukee, Aaron Gordon from Orlando, Dwight Howard from Los Angeles, and Derek Jones Jr. from Miami. Who do we have, guys? This is the hardest one by far. I'm gonna go probably Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Because um, he wants to win. You I've got to go with Aaron Gordon. Yeah. I mean, uh, as we can like later call the 2016 All-Star Weekend, just a phenomenal success, of course. Surprisingly, no, no, to no one's surprise, rather, it was held in Toronto, Canada. But uh, yeah. that was a hell of a yeah. dunk contest I between Zach Vince Levine Carter, and Gordon Vince going at it. spirit came in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <no>. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I've got to go with Aaron Gordon on this one. You know what? If not Aaron Gordon, um, I think Derek Jones Jr., he can, he can really fly. Yeah. How about you, Garrett? I think Superman is going to be in the building yeah. on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, I'm taking the Los it. Angeles Laker, oh, Dwight okay. Howard. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I think he's going to take it. He's a power dunker, and he's won a, has he won two dunk contests? I think he's I won two. I believe so, yeah. I think yeah. he's won two. I'm going to take, gonna I'm gonna take the, the big man, Dwight Howard. Think he's gonna pull out a Superman? He's definitely pulling up. I think him, game. him and Connaughton are a little underrated yeah. in this competition. Man, I would, I, I would like love to see Connaughton take it. I'm yeah. like Connaughton. Connaughton. Yeah. yeah, everyone talks about Giannis's athleticism. Connaughton's got some bounce. Man, he's right, got right, absolutely. Right. I would love right. to see what he can do in the air. Right, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if he can pull off some of these dunks. Yeah, and I think um, there's a lot of hype behind Dwight Howard as he's had those dominant contests back in the day. Sure. Right. Maybe a little and pressure. Yeah, maybe, but. He's I was about to it. say that Dwight thrives under pressure, but that, that <laughs> is not the case. Yeah. Not the case. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna take Dwight. How about, how about you? Yeah, I'm going. I'm probably going Aaron Gordon. I love. I, I love the underdog. I'd love to see Pat Connaughton take it. But yeah. is he an underdog? What do you guys think? I, I believe so because he's overshadowed by some bigger, some more notable names, rather like of course Aaron Gordon, who should have yeah. won out of twenty sixteen. Derek Jones Jr. is just known as a dunker. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. His nickname is Airplane Mode. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah. Airplane mode. Yeah. Airplane. That's a great nickname. Yeah. Actually, a good one. Never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, that is a quick rundown. We're going to talk a little bit more about the All-Star game, but I figured let's hear a quick song by uh, somebody who's going to be participating in the celebrity game tonight. It's Bad Bunny with Mia featuring Drake. Get to hear Drake speaking Spanish, guys. You guys excited? <laughs> Along with the NBA, we love talking about the NHL this year with our in-studio hockey experts, Garrett and Shafiq. Let's take a look at some of the best hockey moments from the show. First up, we have a segment recapping the famous local Crowchild Classic and going on to talk about the local Calgary Flames and potential NHL trade deadline moves. All 
All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, you guys are listening to the Sports Report. I'm Garrett Vanderplug. Joined alongside with me is Shafiq Hassan. Uh, let's start talking about the Crowchild Classic here. Uh, last night, our men's team won 5-4 in double overtime, beating the University of Calgary Dinos, and, yeah, pretty good win for them. Yeah, I'm you said that was game. a huge win, right? right? The 5-4 thriller, um, of course, one of the best rivalries in all Canada's collegiate sports, if not the best. Yeah. But it's certainly a thriller with the double OT, considering that, too. Yeah, about 10,000 people in, uh, in attendance last night, so that's nice. a big-time game for them. Uh, glad that most of our students were able to make out that game, make it to that game, and uh, support our team. And uh, the women's team unfortunately fell four to one to the hands of the Dinos. Uh, I heard it was still a great game, and yeah. Nevertheless, the least we can do is appreciate that effort they put in. We know it was evident that they put, they went out there, left it all out there. That's all we could ask for, right? For sure. Uh, keeping it the the hockey theme here, let's swing into the NHL and uh, let's talk some Flames. Uh, the Flames got another big game tomorrow against the Oilers, and it should be another interesting uh, scenario with the Battle of Alberta. Shafiq, what do you think? Safe to say the Battle of Alberta is back, of course. Absolutely. As we all know, going into Wednesday night on the 29th, uh, the Matthew Kachuk zach Cassian situation carried over, of course, from the January 11 game. Yep. And, of course, we are very happy, safe to say that we're very, very happy that Matthew Kachuk took matters into his own hands to settle the score with Zach Cassian. An unlikely fight, one of my favorite players, if not my favorite, Sean Monaghan, with the first career tilt with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, really spirited belt right there, really got the teams fired up. That was weird to see. What are your thoughts on that fight, Garrett? Uh, the Nugent Monaghan fight, yeah. I think that was a good, clean fight. Like, uh, two guys are just going at it, and I think our game still needs something like that. When two guys have a problem on the ice, why not just settle it right then and there? Uh, same thing with Kachuk and Cassian. I think that Kachuk paid his debt, and. I think some more things will carry over tomorrow, absolutely, and right. it should be a very, very interesting game. And the Flames do need to pick up this, uh, pick up these two points as the Pacific Division is just totally stacked right it's now. Sure, right. And that, that race, race, that race right is going to be crazy. And sure what, what do you think about that? Like, it's such a dogfight, honestly. Yeah, looking at the standings right now, it's neck and neck. The Flames, Canucks, and others. Hey, speaking of the race, how about all three Canadian teams being in the top three of the Pacific Division right now? It's unlikely oh, to finish like that, but that is great to see as a Canadian. Oh, right? yeah, that's great, for sure. That Absolutely. makes for some great Pacific playoff Division. matchups, to say the least. Yeah, Canucks are sitting at the top right now with 62 points. Our Calgary Flames sitting right behind them at 60. The Oilers sitting at 58. I think that's great when all Canadian teams are sitting at uh, in a potential playoff position, especially right. for the NHL. It's Canada's game. And I think that that's what we need. The NHL is in a good place when Canadian teams are competitive. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the Flames can keep this up and hopefully make a playoff spot. Right. Sticking with the topic of all the, the mass and just the fights and everything and the Battle of Alberta passion in there, how about the recent call of Buddy Robinson? He's been killing Yeah, Buddy played a six. great game. Right. Great just game, love yeah. the way he plays all around. Of course, for those of you who may not know, he's joining Gidro's childhood friend as they go back to their Philadelphia, New Jersey days growing up. Buddy Robinson, 225 pounds, six foot six. He is a force out there. That's and exactly he can really what lay the body. That's and exactly he, what they need. Right, yeah. right. Especially with him being a right shot forward, too. Of course, it's no secret that we've really lacked that over the last few years, if not the past decade, right? Especially after trading away Drama McGillan. Of course, David Moss cannot play forever, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And with trade talk circling around uh, us being linked to Tyler Toffoli, a right-handed shot, a winger, and we've had one sitting in our uh, AHL team yeah. forever. And, <laughs> and I'm glad right. to see a guy like Buddy Robson come up and uh, kind of seize the moment and, right, right. and really play well. And I think 
I expect some more big things out of him. And he was playing on the second line right. against the Oilers. Yeah, about him getting that ice time under Jeff Ford. He, and you know what? If we're gonna, I really hope we keep him up, and he's certainly going to become a fan favorite up here in no time. You oh, know, for sure. Really reminiscent of Michael Furland uh, to me, like just the way he can lay the body, get in on the forecheck. And you know what? He's a great penalty killer, too. He can really use a long stick to his advantage. Uh, yeah, I like him playing with Johnny Gaudreau as well because Johnny Gaudreau is not going to get in the corners, and he's not he's not the kind of player to... Right. To get dirty and get his hands dirty in Just the corners, and I, think, presence. and I think Buddy right. Robinson can kind of do that for him, and end up getting giving him the puck, and right. thing. And he's a goal scorer. He's leading our right. AHL team in right. scoring right now. With so 15 goals, right? Absolutely. So I think that's a huge pickup for the Flames, and I think right. yeah, he should definitely be getting up uh, some more ice time. Right. One too many times we, uh, t- especially heading into the deadline, teams talk about acquiring the big name Chris Kreider, Tyler Toffoli, and whatnot. But you know what? You might have that secret gem lying in your AHL. You know what? Some teams are really deep. And we certainly are one of them, too. Sometimes, like, like, like a little move like that and right. will get us playoff ready because I think the Flames are more geared to be a playoff team this year, I think. They're right. adding a lot more toughness to their lineup and whatnot as com- uh, compared to last year. Right. This certainly is our window, to say the least, right? Are we, Absolutely, I, yeah. As an optimist, I believe we're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, and I'm really looking forward to this run. And, of course, the deadline coming up. Speaking of the deadline, how about some names who could potentially be on the move, such as Chris Crowder and Tyler Foley, as you mentioned? Mm-hmm. Who else do you think could be on the move, Garrett? Um, I think that uh, depending on what the Flames are looking to acquire, I think that maybe uh, they could. I think they should add some more toughness. Right. Yeah, if w- the Ducks are looking to move Raquel, which yeah. may be a bit oh. of a, I'm not sure if they're b- willing to move him, but I think the Flames could possibly right. look to pick up him. But could I'm, be a bit of a long shot considering Raquel has about three years left on his deal. Sure. But other things I could see on the move, like reportedly Matt Dumba is on the trade blog, oh, yeah. and I could see the Hurricanes making a push for maybe a, a defensive de- yeah. defenseman such as Brendan Dillon, considering the recent blow to Dougie Hamilton, unfortunately, who was in a career year, by the mm-hmm. way, the former Calgary Flame thriving in his new environment. Yeah, Dougie was like... Like top of the Norse voting for a little bit near the start. Yeah, of the season. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like his, uh, especially statistically, his those numbers play a role in that. I mean, he's not the most best defensive defenseman in my opinion. Nonetheless, just a just a great player, and I really oh, like sure. him personally. Just just a really nice yeah. guy. I've met him personally. I've really had the chance to meet him, and uh, I was really grateful for that. But mm-hmm. great player all around, nonetheless. I feel like a team like Philadelphia could try and make a push. Right. Uh, they're sitting in sixth place in the Metro Division with 60 points. I think they could catch the Islanders, who are sitting at 63. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't really trust their goaltending, knowing that it's Brian Elliott, and he did right. not do a lot for the <laughs> and, Flames. And it's been a, it's been a goaltending carousel the last few years, to say oh, the least. Oh, for sure. Hard or hard, Brian Elliott. For um, current Calgary Flame, Cam Talbot, how about him, hey? Yeah, I mean, he's been They acquired well. him at the deadline, and we only played him twice, which is ridiculous, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But, so uh, I think if the Rangers are willing to give up one of their two goalies, Right. I think the Flyers could make a push for that, and then I don't know. I'm not sure what they would have to give up, but right. I think goaltending would be something that could help them out, and then hopefully make a playoff push for them. Right. Speaking of goaltending, the Leafs have reportedly been in the market for a backup goaltender for a while. They have been linked to Alexander Georgiev, backup of the yeah. New York Rangers, right mm-hmm. now. It could be things and could George be interesting for them. Georgiev's stock's been going up. He's right, been playing right. pretty well these last couple games. So right, considering a team with goaltending dip, I think I really think those types of teams have leverage at the deadline because uh, backup goalie does not hurt anyone. Uh, oh, top for of sure. Defensive depth. Goaltending right? is so so key in the playoffs. Oh, exactly. Right, and yeah. and, and it's no secret that goaltending either makes or breaks your team. They goals can really keep you in it, or they could give away a game. Yeah, that's that's why a team like Tampa Bay. Like I know Tampa Bay stacked. Right. With offensive power and whatnot, but if they don't have a goaltender like Vasilevsky in that, they're yeah. not going to be. Right. Sitting as high as, as they are right now. Yeah, I, I you know what? Well, one thing was interesting to me speaking of Tampa, they uh their backup last season was Louis Domingue, who they eventually traded away. However, they have current uh, former Calgary Flame Curtis McElhinney backing uh, Andrew Vasilevsky, an interesting acquisition to say the least. Yeah. But uh, and other things to keep an eye on on the deadline. So the 
the Leafs were dealt with a major blow the last few weeks. Within the last few weeks, Morgan Riley being diagnosed with a severe injury that'll keep him out for an extended period of time. They could be in the market for a defenseman too, because defensive depth does not hurt anyone, as I said earlier. And that could, if push comes to shove, and they were required a major piece, they could put someone like Kasperi Kapanen or one of their young players on the trading block. Maybe even Nylander if. if Push comes to shove for someone like that. Uh, but I don't think that they is want more to move like just, yeah, yeah. just because like they went through that whole thing trying to sign <laughs> yeah, him and yeah, whatnot. Fair enough. I mean, so. more li- someone more likely on the move potentially could be Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah. Of course, uh, one of their future picks as they traded away their first round pick already. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Andres Janssen too, right? A young forward. Uh huh. Fr- cap friendly, something like that. Cap friendly contract to say that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Um, getting back to the the Western Conference and the Pacific Division, that race and whatnot. Uh, Three points separating between first and fifth place. Uh, how do you think that's going to shake down, and who do you think is going to end up taking those top three spots, and then possibly a wild card out of the Pacific Division? Right, I see the Calgary Flames are our Calgary Flames are winning the division. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like you said, it will certainly will be a dogfight. You know, one team to keep an eye on the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, former Calgary Flame Michael Ferlin currently on the shelf with an injury. He is scheduled to come back sometime within the next month or so. So that would be a major addition for them. Yeah. Top six forward, if not a middle not middle six at worst. So he certainly is a high impact forward, as we all know. But especially within the twenty fifteen playoffs, with him and Kevin BX going at it. Mm-hmm. What do you, What do you think about the Coyotes? The Coyotes recently added Tyler Hall, right. uh, Taylor Hall, sorry. Taylor Hall, and yeah. uh, do you think they're one piece away from really making a push into deep into the playoffs or even possibly winning this division? I feel like one thing with the Coyotes is their uh, stability within their goaltending health, because Darcy Kemper has been having a Vezina Trophy caliber season. However, Antti Ranta just as capable too. They've recently both been dealt with some injuries, so I think their health is first and foremost their primary concern. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Oliver ekman Larson did get hurt last night, so the severity of injury is yet to be determined. But as a divisional rival, I hope he's not back anytime in the soon f- near future. Another thing on top of they could be looking to add at the roster at the deadline. Could be some center depth. Someone who yeah. could be on the move, John Gabriel Pajot of the Ottawa Senators, having a career year, but it's kind of hard to predict whether or not they want to keep him or they want to deal him at the deadline yeah, for a I potential think Ottawa's first Ottawa's in a rounder. weird spot. Like, are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Like, uh, I'd be surprised yeah. if Ottawa buys. I, I personally, I think they're going to be selling. And they, you know what? They have lots of leverage at the cap room. They could yeah. be taking bad contracts. I'm not sure if they're going to be moving any of their like, like key players. Like Duclair, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. I think they've, like they've really so. got a team. He's finally found his offensive game. That we, that he, yeah. he was really killing. And I'm really happy for Anthony Duclair, to say the least, having a career. And he's finally found that confidence because just unfortunately did not work out for him, especially recently in Columbus under John Tortorella. But he's really thrived in Ottawa. And this is great to see. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, that's about wraps up our NHL segment. Uh, we're going to throw things back to Calmo in the booth. Next, we have a piece from the segment on NHL predictions made by our hosts, along with some Flames game predictions. So, if not Drysdale McDavid, who do you think has a shot at maybe a late surge up to win the Art Ross? Uh, the Art Ross? Uh, it's a I tough it, one, eh? I think it's going to be McDavid, but that's going to be pretty hard to catch his own teammate. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, especially considering that he was out with that injury. Right? Like they are head and shoulders above the the third leading scorer in the NHL is David Pasternak at ninety three points, while Drysaddle yeah, is at, yeah. at one ten. Like it's crazy to look at the, these are video game numbers. Okay, yeah. yeah. Drysaddle has one hundred ten points and McDavid is at ninety five. Pasternak might be the favorite for the Rocket Richard. If you want to get into the Rocket Richard yeah, now, we got Pasternak with forty seven, right. Ovechkin forty seven, Austin Matthews forty six goals. Yeah. Who's your favorite I, for that? I want Ovechkin to win it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you gonna, think he will? 
Yes, I believe that's your you. prediction. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, I'm gonna. Well, pre- oh, gonna- having a really weird year. Just about 50 goals. Yeah. Just about, and he's only doesn't even have 20 assists yet. <laughs> right. Just a pure goal right. scorer. Yeah. I, just, I mean, yeah. he's been like that his whole career. He's doing his job in the office, right? I guess so. Just yeah. Setting up in the office with that one. Right on record. that one dot. Yeah. Yeah. So they're probably been struggling a bit this year. So 47 goals at this point is is tremendous in my opinion. But uh, you know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna have a bold prediction right here. I think he has a hat trick to cap it off and get to 50. And who mm-hmm. knows? We might he might even pull out a push up celebration for us. Yeah. But, or the uh, hot stick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other words we did miss by any chance, or we got them all? And of course, the biggest one of all, the Stanley Cup. I believe our Calgary Flames will be lifting the cup in June. I look forward to seeing you guys at the parade, by the way. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the cons, my trophy. Obviously, you're picking the Flames out of the West. I want to pick the Flames out of the West too, as yes, I am should. a Flames fan. You should. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I want to be hopeful. I want to pick the Flames. Yes. And I usually do whenever I fill out my bracket. I'm like, hey, let's pick the Flames if they're going to make the playoffs. Same just got to be hopeful and whatnot. Like Who do you take out of the East? I've got to go with. Uh, the Capitals or the Bruins, to be honest. What about them Flyers? Maybe Pittsburgh. Yes. How about and, them and Flyers? I, I want to talk about the Flyers. Eight-game win streak. Yeah. yeah. How about the Flyers? See, Alan Vigneault doing a tremendous job. This is what... Could a, he even sneak in there for Coach of the Year? He could. And he, and he should, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, speaking of Canada's, by the way, uh, I think he's got... They've surged all the way into the second spot in that tough Metro division. Tortorella and Alan Vigneault, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? The, the Penguins, a little bit of a, some, a bump in the road over the past few weeks, but... Uh, they're a team to keep a lookout for because they really stacked up with the deadline with some depth. And, of course, we know what they can do in the playoffs. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, yeah. undoubtedly the best one-two punch in the center in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, they can certainly do damage. I just really hope they stay healthy because that would be amazing. To see. Like, if we could beat them in the finals in June, that would be amazing just to lift the Stanley Cup and uh, have the best player in the world, in my opinion, in town. That would mm-hmm. be crazy to see. But uh, um, any other predictions you guys want to make? Well, who do you guys think if, if the Flames can't make it? No, we will make it. Okay. Let's well, just, let's let's just for the sake of objectivity. Entire, for the sake of objectivity yeah, here. For the entire, <laughs> let's imagine the entire Flames team, for whatever reason, can't play, or they boycott the playoffs. Who knows? Just I'm I cannot imagine some, that scenario. I'm I coming not up have with some take. reason, Trophy. Okay, no, maybe, maybe it would be on the not, sidelines for not this. Believe it. No, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make it so that Trafik won't believe the Flames win. But I don't know. that is not possible. Maybe I'll ask Garrett. Yeah. Who do you think would come out of the West? Uh, I like St. Louis. I like Colorado. Um, you could even make a dark horse pick with Vegas. I feel like Vegas had a pretty good uh, trade deadline, and they're starting to separate themselves from that tight Pacific division. But um, I don't think you can really die, deny the defending Stanley Cup champions. If not the Flames, I'm going to say St. Louis. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Shafiq, I'll, I'll just... Trust uh, you. And, and I, ha- and I have uh, something else to say, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let, so we're done with that. Um, if the playoffs were to begin today... Speaking of Vegas, they will be taking on Men- the Minnesota Wild, who are currently holding on to their first wildcard spot. I, I'm really excited for this, and I hope it's crazy that Minnesota is coming on to make the playoffs. Yeah. It seems like they've been in the eighth seed my entire life. They traded their best player in Zucker, and then they, uh, they've been the mediocre team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I can't even remember the last time they made the <laughs> so playoffs. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be crazy, right? I mean, especially after they fired their coach, right? Yeah. But, uh... And I expected them to move a lot of players come trade deadline. Like, they just moved Zucker. Like, yeah. I thought they were going to get rid of Dumba, too. Yeah, and then they apparently... Uh, they were willing to trade Miku Kovio, but he said he did not want to go anywhere else. Yeah. Elsewhere, so it was nice to see. I mean, him that's fair. Likely going to finish his career as a wild, a career long wild. Mm-hmm. And of course, one of the, the my favorite players to watch as a kid growing up. Um, if the players were to begin today, by the way, 
we would see the Battle of Alberta in the first round. And I, I, cannot, I like that matchup for us, actually. Words cannot explain how excited I would be just to see the fireworks that would take place. Oh, and that's a very winnable lines. series. Very winnable. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to go six we, or seven we've games. Got, we've got bigger things in mind. Yeah, we're going to the cup final. Shafiq Hassan, exactly. quoted 2020. Yeah. But yes. Yes. You know, I'm starting to believe it more and more now. Yes, that is my one yeah. objective in life. That is my one objective. Maybe when you only hear it, like, every week, then... That and is my one objective. Yeah, he's like he's like Levar Ball. He's gonna speak it into existence. Yes. I, I can't imagine yes. any other. NHL that is my life goal to convince point. you guys yeah. and have you guys on board. And I look forward to seeing you in the Stanley Cup Parade in June oh, in downtown. Right. We will be I mean, there. just the Red Ball. See you there every night. After we take care of the Coyotes tonight, that is at 7 p.m. Taylor Hall and his Arizona Coyotes are in town at the moment. Right. So big game tonight, huge game for us. As they say, the four-point game out there. Yeah. Considering the playoff race, right? Considering that we are playing today, and you've been known to make some very outlandish, quote unquote, or bold position <laughs> or bold yeah. takes. Hot takes. Any any hot takes uh, for tonight's game? Yeah, gonna gonna just gonna go out and make my score prediction. I feel like we're gonna win seven nothing. <laughs> seven. Oh wow. Yes. Uh, as you, Big as you, night. As you boys will be at the game. Who's scoring five as tonight? As you boys are gonna be at the game tonight. I want you guys to have a I blast. Mean, I hope you're right. I want you guys to have a blast. Right. My prediction on Wednesday night was uh, five nothing. It was a three two comeback. The comeback makes it so entertaining, but of course, it's not the most preservable form of hockey. So it's better for us to maybe goals get on board first, yeah. right? And then, of course, instead of chasing, you want to protect your lead. So right. as you head towards the playoffs, so, so you're going seven nothing. Yes, I will. Any other bold predictions within that seven nothing? Is is like Monahan going to score five like uh, Zibanejad or something <laughs> like that? Or? Uh, Anything yes, else to top yes, it off? Yes, more bold predictions. Yes, Sean Monaghan, one of my, my favorite forward, four goals and one assist tonight. Wow, wow. And, career uh, night. By the way, I'm getting some That's breaking news. That's a statement. Breaking news. Cam Talbot is starting again tonight. I'm very surprised by this news. I expected Dave Reddick to start tonight. Very interesting. I wonder what's going on. But uh, Cam Talbot will be getting the start tonight against the Coyotes. Um, I did want to. Say, I, I did mention this earlier. Travis Hamnick has returned to practice on the ice. I mean, to skate with his teammates on a yellow non-hit jersey so that is a positive sign as he approach the playoffs mm-hmm. of course it does not hurt to have one of your best defensemen back as we alluded to earlier but uh, speaking of bold predictions Mark Giordano is going to have three assists tonight three assists okay Eric yeah. Gustafson is going to get his first goal as a Calgary Flame tonight mm-hmm. Johnny Gaudreau is going to have six assists what? wow <laughs> holy cow how do you like, uh, is there only one line playing? <laughs> yeah Jeez. And, and Andrew Mangiapane has two goals. I, I can gonna, see that. I'm gonna, yeah, I like Mangiapane. In a 7 nothing game, I can see Mangiapane getting Okay, I'm getting yeah. some more. Mangiapane's been playing really well over the last couple of games. Sorry to cut you off. I just want to make no my worries. score prediction. I'm going to say a 4-2 Flames. I think Mangiapane's going to get the first goal. Whenever I go watch a game, me and my friend, we always bet on who's going to score the first goal. Okay. I always put my money on Mangiapane. Awesome. I'm going to do it again tonight. Mangiapane's awesome. going to score the first That's one. Great. Make it 1-0 for the Flames. Some more to pass along to you guys. It's going to go 3-2. I'm going to say 4-2 Flames. Awesome. Nice to hear that. And you're going 7 nothing with career nights all over the board. Oh, you know what? I'll be out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Johnny did have six points last year, which is crazy. I'm never going to forget that night. But Six yes, assists I, is probably going to be his career high. <laughs> um, he had three goals, three assists last year, actually. Yeah, no, but, no, but six assists oh, is yeah, going to be his career high. Next up is a segment celebrating the anniversary of Canada's golden goal. MRU's own radio station, revamped and better than ever. There's a show for every personality. You think it? We've got it. Experience this journey with us. It'll be a wild ride. CMRU.ca by students for you. Welcome back to the Sports Report. You're, I'm Shafiq Hassan, joined by Garrett Vanderplug and Kamala Karimi in studio. Today is the 40-year anniversary of Miracle on Ice. It's a very special milestone to say the least. And of course, speaking of milestones, exactly 10 years ago from today, the golden goal score in the 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics coming to an end. In my opinion, the greatest sporting event I've watched. What are your thoughts on that event, gentlemen? 
Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up and watching that when I was about 10 years old and seeing again the move over Crosby, and then he puts one through five hole on Ryan Miller, and then yeah. the whole building, the whole country starts going crazy. It's I remember where I was. I was just mind, chilling yeah. in, my, in my living room He's with it. my dad and brother. Right. And then when he put that in, we just went off. Yes. It was pretty I'm never cool. going to forget that moment where I was. Um, at the moment, we had uh, one of those fat TVs in my house before having a flat screen TV. Yeah. Never, ever going to forget the moment, the, the couch that I sat, and sadly, the couch is no more. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. But never, ever going to forget that moment, to say the least. Um, never going to forget Crosby coming again, La down on his knees getting the puck to Crosby Crosby yelled Iggy very loud we all heard that across the country <laughs> and of course he scored the golden goal and the rest is history of course uh, many photographs out there many beautiful pictures out there uh, Crosby's gloves and sticking it up in the crowd of course during the celebration star-studded roster just to name a few names Scott Niedermeyer Jerome McGinley Joel one of the best Canada Tays. rosters of all um, time. N- never ever going to forget that. Of course, speaking of international rosters, I feel like having a best on best tournament is just such a luxury as a fan. It's yeah. just beautiful for the sport itself and the league, like the NHL. Let's hope that, uh, fingers crossed, that in 2022 all NHLers are allowed to attend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do a full that feel for them. That makes the so much better. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. I didn't even watch the last ones. Just yeah. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of 2018, uh, we, there were some former Calgary Flames, the Rene Boric, Mason yeah. Raymond on the team. Of course, guys who were playing overseas, Canadians who were playing overseas. But, uh, of course, the point of the Olympics is to have a best-on-best competition. So let's really hope that that is what happens in 2022. I do, uh, Just to put it shortly, I really hope that, I mean, I understand that from, from an NHL standpoint that they're not allowed to use footage and whatnot and really promote the games so mm-hmm. there's no benefit in it for them because the it's nhl is pretty much on lockdown for the duration right but of if the, if the nhl is all in on growing the game yeah. they should let the yeah. players go to the olympics because right. that and helps grow the game on course, an international I'm, stage right and i'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure that they're, they're, uh the international olympic committee is willing to make some amends or make make some changes in, in order to comply with that and maybe they would be more willing or open to send their players to the olympics right because that's what we all deserve as hockey yeah. fans I mean, to put it Surely the best way, thing to do is just have it put on shut lockdown temporarily. Yeah. Uh, have that Olympic break implemented because yeah. I think that that's what make most sense instead of choosing to send guys or keep them because that's going to affect yeah. the parity of the league. And it seems like it was right. working fine. Um, obviously, injuries are a bigger deal now. That yeah, the yeah. I feel like that's, a, that's the, one of the big yeah. reasons owners and teams do not want to send their players, of course, in 2014 most recently. John Tavares got injured at the Olympics, just really unfortunate. It was a season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. So we've got a feel for it on their part. But, of course, as, as, as fans, as we alluded to earlier, we all deserve to have a best-on-best tournament because that is the point of the Olympics, right? Absolutely. To have the best athletes representing their countries in, the best, in, in their respective sports, rather. For mm-hmm. sure. So we were talking about that golden goal that uh, Sidney Crosby scored in 2010. Uh, here at MRU, the Cougars actually had a little bit of a golden goal this last weekend. Uh, the women's hockey team went up against the University of Calgary in a little bit of a Crochelle Classic in the semifinals of Canada West. They went down one one game in the series, losing 2-3, and then actually came back and won 3-2 in the second game and then won nothing in the final game. Um, Really exciting game, that that last game. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but just looking at the recap was incredible. They actually scored a goal um, with about, I think, 4.54 left in the second overtime. So crazy finish there. they're going up against, they've now qualified for the uh, U Sports Nationals. Definitely huge news for them. Congratulations to uh, the women's hockey team. They're going up against University Al- Alberta Pandas uh, in the Canada West Finals today, Saturday, and Sunday. Three game series to try to decide who wins the Canada West. Hopefully, they can bring home a medal. Uh, this is the first time they've made it to that point, so hopefully, they can keep their composure a little bit. But they're a young team, so. Definitely a good sign for the future of uh, women's hockey at MRU.
Even though the NHL and NBA were the two main leagues we talked about on the show, we also had some great segments reporting on different sports, a great example being Garrett's weekly MLB report, one of which we'll be listening to next. But for now, let's kick it off to Garrett for a quick story on the MLB. Yeah, for sure, Kamal. Uh, not too much going on in Major League Baseball right now as teams look forward to spring training. Uh, but one story that did happen was Astros owner Jim Crane speaks on the recent Astros sign-stealing scandal. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Astros owner Jim Crane speaks out for the first time in wake of the Astros sign-stealing scandal. Crane feels, quote, the scandal did not affect the outcomes of the game, which was a pretty bold quote, I thought. Yeah. And he what? feels like the Astros won because, quote, we had a very, very good team. Yeah, Crane also stated that he should not be held responsible for the scandal as he insisted that he was unaware of the scandal in the first place. And I feel like like he just totally copped out of everything. And as the owner, he should be saying, hey, I, I should have done better. I should have known that this was going on within my organization. For sure. And I, th- I think he needs to be held responsible just like everyone else. For and sure. I'm surprised. That sounds to me like a, like such a CEO thing to do, you know, just try oh, to for pass sure. the buck of the blame so that he doesn't end up losing his spot. You right. Know? And I feel like Major League Baseball has just totally mishandled this situation, in my yeah. opinion. Like, I think there's need there needs to be way more punishments held down towards the Astros. Knows, they're, maybe they're waiting to like make a final decision right. or something before maybe, the season starts. Especially you know? on the players. The players yeah. I think themselves deserve the most punishments. Especially how baseball has made a precedent for coming down on uh things that ruin the integrity of the game and whatnot. I yeah. think I think something needs to happen. I think I think you're right. It's kinda it's kinda surprising that it wasn't like well, how did how did the story break in the first place? How did they find out about the science? Uh, a former player squealed on him okay. and said, so "Hey, this is going on." That's what I figured, right? Because I was I was about to say because it's kind of strange that players that have so much integrity to get into the league in the first place right. haven't ratted on them, and I, that makes a lot of sense that you say that, you know, mm-hmm. because I feel like as soon as that would happen, as soon as you get switched to a different team, you'd be like. No, screw these guys. They're cheating. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and it was actually a pitcher that released it, which oh, I wow. thought was, made well, a I lot mean, of that, sense, that's, too. That's the best source to do it. Oh, guess, absolutely. Right? I, and yeah. another, according to the, here we go, according to Natalie Jarvie of The Hollywood Reporter, yeah. uh, this scandal is going to be turned into a documentary and a podcast show. So like uh, a kind yeah. of like a true crime doc. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's podcast. Cool. Yeah, the podcasts usually come after those shows so they can keep going. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's really cool. That's... uh. That's, that would be definitely interesting to watch. Mm-hmm, yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully that comes out soon. I don't think it will, though, considering it's still in the middle of what's going on. Right. But, yeah, we might have to wait a little while, but definitely be worth yeah. to see. I, I just liked how Crane was just like, yeah, I, I had no idea about this. <laughs> we were good, and we should have won. And I'm sure Yankees fans and Dodgers fans all around the world are just like, yeah, no, I think we would have won those games, especially how some of them went to extra innings. For sure. And walk-off bombs happened because – Guys know what pitcher coming. Yeah, I mean that's it's and, just as blatant cheating as you can get. The oh, only absolutely. Way you can do that any other way is by just changing the scores. You know, absolutely. Just off the rest. Yeah, and if you and if you look at the stats versus their home and away, yeah, they were like twice the team, maybe even triple the team than they than they were yeah. on the road. Like their yeah. batting average tripled, and, and that and can happen. I think you can see that in every sport where teams are better at home, but yeah. it's rare to see that much of a, g- a oh, gap. Oh, for sure. You know? And we were also naive about it. Like we were like, "Oh man, the Astros yeah. are just a great team on their home field." But it goes and to whatnot. show, right? Yeah. It goes to show that when they got away from home, they were so accustomed to having that kind yeah. of benefit and that kind of advantage that they just couldn't really cope the same way. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it, in a way, it's like, yeah, they did win the World Series, right? And you can you can get upset at them. But for longevity's sake, like as soon as those players leave, are they really playing consistent baseball? Absolutely. Right? Are they really yeah. properly playing consistently at the top level? Mm-hmm. Probably not because they're expecting 
wins at home and then they don't know what to do away. Absolutely. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens when that uh, folds out. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting more punishments and I, and I hope there is more punishments For punishments. Sure. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think it'll be good to, it'll be interesting to see how the MLB handles this because they do deal with these situations on a pretty regular basis, but it'll be interesting to see how they deal with this one specifically considering it's an organization going through it. Absolutely. One of the biggest sporting events to take place during the semester was in the NFL with the Super Bowl. Here's a segment from before the Super Bowl covering some of our predictions. I'm Colin Karimi. We're here with Garrett Vanderplug and Shafiq Hassan, of course, our other two hosts. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl now. That was a song from Remember the Titans soundtrack. I heard it through the grapevine by Marvin Gaye. So let's do a little bit of predictions. I know we did this last week, but I'm going to kick it off. Again, I'm going for Chiefs. I'm going Patrick Mahomes over... Um, Garoppolo and the and the 49ers. What do you guys think? I totally agree. Uh, throughout the playoffs, actually, I've been. I thought Kansas City was going to fall to Tennessee, but I'm not going to make that mistake twice by betting against Patrick Mahomes twice. And I'm going to take him over Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Patrick Mahomes is just too dynamic and just too good to not uh, root for. So, Shafiq, what do you take? Right. So I don't watch too much NFL football. The one game I watch every year is the Super Bowl. However, I still will make a prediction. Um, being a Toronto Raptors fan, and you know, very popular quote out there is "Defense wins championships." From my understanding, from the outside view, is that the Kansas City Chiefs are a very high-powered offensive team, and the 49ers are one of the best defensive teams. I will go to San Francisco 49ers due to that. However, I'm hoping we, it makes for an entertaining game on Sunday. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco took it as well. They've been proving people wrong all year. Right. They came in uh, at the start of start of the season as very underrated. Sure. And uh, they've made quite the push throughout the regular season and the postseason. Uh, Jimmy G has carried them on, carried them, and so has their defense. And it should be a very interesting game. I'm not sure if it's going to be high scoring or low scoring, because the the Niners have proven they can do both. They scored 37 points against Green Bay uh, in the semifinals, and yeah. Yeah, right. no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I think, and that's why I'm leaning towards the Chiefs is because I feel like it's going to be a, a impact player or a few impact plays that might decide this kind of game. For sure, you know, it's it's that tight of a matchup. It's nice to see a a two versus a one mm-hmm. uh, as far as seeds are concerned. Um, but yeah, no, I think it'll be it'll be super interesting to see how. Uh, how Shanahan sets up against the against the Chiefs, you know? Oh, it's, for sure. It's also really interesting to see if Andy Reid can break down that, like you said, Shafiq, that amazing 49ers defense. Uh, I think he's had enough time to try to work out how to. He's had enough experience and try to work out how to. But um, for now, he's, uh, he's, you know, he hasn't gone there yet. And let's see if this is the this is the one. It's funny how you talk about experience, and then the two quarterbacks in this game have little to no playoff experience. For sure, especially in the Super Bowl. For sure, and that's and that's, be... and that's why it's such a wild card, right? Oh, for it's sure. Like you you don't yeah. know how each is going to perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm just going to take Patrick Mahomes. He should be. He, he was almost. Con- uh, he could have been league MVP, but I guess you can't dem- deny what Lamar Jackson did. And yeah, it should be a very interesting game. Right. On top of that, I'm really looking forward to all the big commercials and everything coming out. And of course, the halftime show. That'll be another good one to watch, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's about wraps up what we got for the Super Bowl. And we're going to throw things back to Kamal for another song. Um, yes. Yeah, so next up, we're going to hear another classic from, um, from, again, one of my favorite movies, Remember the Titans. Uh, this is Ain't No Mountain. But first, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. MRU Radio is available online. Free access to student-created radio shows 24-7. 
Listen to all your favorite genres. CMRU.ca by students for you. Another major sporting event from the semester was the boxing rematch between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, a fight we recap in this next segment. Uh, how about that fight? It was big night gear on a Saturday night. Definitely. Of course, the much-anticipated rematch between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. For sure. I will say, after the fight, he was very gracious. He was very that, straight that's up. That's true as well. He was just very straight up. He was like, Tyson Fury beat me, the better boxer. Right, right. I was just yeah. about to say that. Um, I'm not sure of the context in which he said that. Yeah. So we could be misinterpreting For it because sure. I did not see it him saying it. Saying it like, I did not hear the audio, rather. Dead right. But, uh... I did like how he owned up to the fight, and uh, really happy for Tyson Fury. Of course, his story not a secret to many. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tyson Fury's uh, battle with addiction, uh, with drug addiction, and his recovery, his massive ga- uh, weight loss, and all and whatnot, just to come back and win this big fight. Of course, it was really ironic because in the first fight, Tyson Fury was um, was the one who was knocked down twice, and incredibly enough, getting up twice. And in in this fight, he had two knockdowns of Deontay Wilder, so that was pretty cool to see. And then, uh, for those of you who, or, uh, including myself, who are not really buying that Deontay Wilder excuse yeah. of, of that uh, little outfit he had on, a, which was allegedly 45 pounds, yeah. uh, he's been fo- photographed and wearing similar outfits in prior fights, and of course, he was undefeated until now. So I'm not really buying that either. <laughs> right, absolutely. Uh, I was pretty. Uh, I, I went back and watched uh, fight number one and fight number two last night and I, I uh, sorry I like to see how Tyson Fury completely changed his game plan coming into the second fight and he was way more aggressive right. in the second fight and I think that's what won him the fight absolutely Definitely. and in my opinion there shouldn't be a number three now just because we've seen that Tyson Fury is a way better boxer than yeah, Deontay Wilder I completely agree I think right. I think the uh, one thing that the commentator said when I was watching the fight um, he said something along the lines of Tyson Fury kind of worked out how to take on Deontay Wilder in the late rounds of the first few fight, the Absolutely. first fight, um, and that kind of was the technique he took into the second fight right off the bat. You know, mm-hmm. he has that size, and he just kept him inside and really just went at him. You know, it was it was really tough for Wilder to get out there, and I think as soon as he got that first knockdown. Um, I think Wilder's eardrum probably burst. Yeah, yeah. they, they he, said it didn't burst, but you could definitely see he was pretty much out on his the feet. The way he reacted, looked at the ref, kind of like the ref kind of yelled something. That's kind of what happens when your eardrum bursts. Yeah. You kind of hear like a gunshot. Mm-hmm. So the way he right. reacted and also the way his equilibrium was completely yeah, shifted. Right. I don't think anything had to do with his legs. At he was that definitely point. rocked from early think, on in yeah. the fight, right? I, 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 just, the, yeah. the fight ended in what, the seventh round? Yeah. It probably could have ended in the fifth and sixth definitely. easily. Exactly. So definitely. they did give him a chance to hang in there. And actually, sorry to cut you off, Carmel, but... When, when I was live, I, I did not see the angle of them throwing the towel in. I thought it was a stoppage. For However, sure. when they showed the many replays from various angles, yeah. I saw uh, his corner throwing the towel in. So, uh, uh, to be honest, at the time, I was like, oh, I want to see a knockout, and I'm sure all fans wanted to see that. But in, for his safety, looking back on it now, I'm mm-hmm. happy that they threw the it towel the in right ultimately. Yeah, exactly. He's a, yeah. he, it's something that, like, I, I think it was difficult for the decision. Probably the most difficult decision to make right. in that corner was throwing that towel in, considering Wilder would never want that to happen. Especially you know? when right. Deontay Wilder has been an absolute killer in the ring, going exactly. 42-0 and with 41 knockouts. It's pretty hard well, to I say that. Well, I think that was the thing. We were always yeah. kind of expecting, like, it was still seven, seventh round. 
and Fury had him going, but you just kind of waited, and you're just waiting to see if Wilder could get one of those yeah. fights. Right, yeah. And, yeah. and if he could, maybe there was a chance he could get back into it, but I think just the way Fury was fighting was... was right, yeah, Fury was, like, like fighting a dirty fight, smothering him in the clinch sure. and whatnot, and Fury's a bigger man, and the, the bigger man's always going to win in the clinch, in my How opinion. How about that length so. on Fury's arm, say? That, yeah. that, that reach advantage is incredible. The reach advantage, the right. weight advantage, the, <laughs> yeah. huge, the huge advantage. I mean, a lot of people, like, especially... What was he coming in at? Like, 273? Yeah. Yeah, within that range, right? And Wilder was at what two thirty at the weigh-in, and two thirty is heavy for Wilder. For sure, he's fought yeah, at like two fifteen, two ten before. Right. Yeah, I think his like he. I, I mean, Fury said that he was probably drinking as much water and eating as much as he could before the weigh-in. Yeah. But um, I, I think maybe he tried to build up that weight and maybe it slowed him down a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, maybe yeah. that. Maybe not yeah. the costume. Maybe right. Yeah, maybe food, not the costume. Yeah. Nonetheless, a great fight, though. I'm really looking forward to what transpires from this in terms of like potential future opponents like Anthony Joshua, like we said, and maybe a trilogy, as uh, reportedly has been agreed in the contract. Any other thoughts on the fights, guys? Uh, not really. It's a pretty no, good fight. Um, I mean, it. we were talking about the uh, walk-ins. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's a perfect way to transition into some the next brief segment comes from one of my soccer breakdowns, addressing the story of COVID-19 prior to the global outbreak and eventual suspension of sports leagues around the world. Thursday, we've got some Europa League games, but the biggest news coming out of the soccer world has to do with something that's relating to the entire world and kind of spreading literally around the world, which is the uh, coronavirus and the measures that a lot of leagues and um, are, are starting to take in order to prevent the spread. Um, mainly the Syria in Italy. Obviously, Italy's has been very largely impacted with uh, the spread of the coronavirus, and uh, they had to prevent. They had to postpone a lot of games last week and the week before. Uh, a bunch of games are being postponed this weekend as well. Uh, the Juventus versus Inter Derby d'Italia that was supposed to take place last week is now taking place on Sunday. Uh, that's still. Up, it's still going to be scheduled, but we'll see if it actually ends up happening. And that's pretty much it from the news uh, from the world of soccer. Along with our great host segments, we had some amazing guests come into studio and call in for interviews. Here are some of the best guest moments from the show, starting off with our first ever caller, Griffin, talking about the NBA. You're listening to the Sport Report. Welcome back. This is Kamal Karimi here with Garrick Vanderplug and, of course, Shafiq Hassan. And next up, we actually have a caller in. Here is Griffin on line one. Griffin, thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. Hey, how's it going? Good. Nice to have you on the show. Yeah, so what's your question, Griffin? Uh, nothing. I just heard you guys were talking about some basketball. Thought I'd chime in with uh, an opinion. For sure. Uh, sure. What are your thoughts? See where the conversation goes. So, what are your thoughts on the on the trade deadline? You see any big moves coming up? Um, nothing too much right now. I think I'd like to see Miami pick up someone. Possibly DeRozan. Would you think uh, DeRozan that he would be a good pick? I think he'd be a perfect fit there. Yeah, they've reportedly been uh, shopping for just someone to bolster their roster. Hey, so that would be certainly would be a welcome addition. I, yeah, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Miami make a push for it this year. I think they got a pretty good team. For sure, super um, underrated team out there. There's a lot of good yeah, pieces in there. I don't think you can count them out. I think they're they're definitely going to make something happen when they get into the playoffs. Definitely. Do you think they have enough to take down either the Raps or one of the top seeds, or do you think they'll be one of the top seeds? I think if they can pick up that that piece they're missing, that the Rosen or whoever it is, I think they have a chance to beat yeah. the Raps. I don't know if they could take over Milwaukee on the top seed there. I think they're pretty pretty solid. 
for and sure. they're going to go pretty far. But I think they could definitely do something if they pick up an extra piece, an extra star. Nice. So who's your favorite team, Griffin? My favorite team is the Lakers. Lakers, okay. There you so go. You good pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Lakers guy. What are, your, what are your thoughts on them going for the championship? I think it's un- unreal. They I got in the bag, eh? You think yeah, they got think- that? I think they're going to win. I don't think anyone has the playoff experiences they do with LeBron there and just how many championships and finals he's been to. I'm hey, just going to interrupt you here, Griffin. I, I, you know what? I, can say, I think it's going to be a hell of a series if it does happen, the Lakers and Clippers. I f- I've got the Clippers in seven. I, it's going to be a dogfight. It can go either way. Yeah, absolutely. Another team I want to see go far to you guys is uh, Houston. I'd like to see uh, James Harden. Oh, yeah. you like that backcourt? Back uh, yeah. Okay. You, you think I'm they just can, not sure if they're playoff yeah. built, though. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's been in the last couple years. Them, no. If they had more defense, because I think that's what they need. I think they could probably probably knock against them. From, from the they're a very, very fun team to watch, as Griffin was saying, though. From, I think, yeah. right. So, Griffin, so why, do you I, think, why do you think they'd be able to be able to push that? Or why do you want this? Want to see them? I, I want them to. I don't know if uh, Westbrook will be able to be consistent enough, though, through a playoff series, through a seven-game series. Yeah. I don't think he'll be able to put up the same numbers night in and night out. So I think it'd be tough for them to win. I think Harden, Harden's going to do what Harden does, and he's going to shoot and score. And um, I just I worry about Westbrook in that in that situation, how consistent he can be in the playoffs because they can they could be long. So, so like a big factor that. will be the the size of their lineup as well. Because I don't yeah. know if Clint Capella is someone who who you would like to contain Anthony Davis necessarily, yeah, but at I the think. same time, it sounds like they're a very analytics driven team. So they love shooting the three ball, and at the same time, some nights it's going to fall, some nights it won't. Of course, there's no absolutely. Uh, anything anything else you want to ask? Any dark horse t- predictions you want to make? Anything like that, I especially within the West or East? A dark horse could be Brooklyn. If they can really? get into a playoff really? spot and they get KD back, I think they could be a... Right. Yeah, a I wouldn't be surprised if KD wanted to make a push, but... Yeah, I'd I be surprised they, if he came back for sure. Know, I, I, I actually <sighs> think Brooklyn's on another route. I think they're they're going to try to get a better draft pick. You know, I think they're trying to build a little bit for next for year. For next year, hey? Yeah, because yeah. I think Kyrie's coming back off the injury. He, I he, will say their pieces, though, like, that's another yeah. guy I could see going on the trade deadline, Spencer Dinwiddie. So, yeah, know, I was just about to say, Incredible yeah. <laughs> player, incredible right. guy, could be a starter on any on a lot of other teams. Right, right. So, um, I don't know, if they can hold on to their players and pieces and build off that in the off season, then I think next year maybe, but this year I think is a little bit of a long shot. Yeah, we'll one, see, you know. I'm going to make a dark horse take. I think uh, the Dallas Mavericks can make a pretty good push into the playoffs, especially if Luka Doncic keeps this play up. I think they can easily win a couple series. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. If Luka can keep up what he's been doing, I think think they're going to be. For sure. You can't write it out. And if KP starts to get his engine going. For sure. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's another big X factor. And, of course, Tim Hardaway Jr., streaky shooter, yeah. to say the least. absolutely. Um, I like gonna, the Mavericks a lot, actually. I'm going to go out and make my prediction, too, while I can. Um, uh, being the optimist that I am, I will say that I believe we were going to go back-to-back. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, I believe we were running back and go for the championship. <laughs> I believe we are capable of pulling it off. And someone I want us to acquire is Andre Godala. Yeah. Who really has not – his name has been on the trading block for a while, but it's, it's died down over the last few weeks. So that will be interesting to see as we approach the deadline on Thursday. But another team to keep an eye on, as we mentioned earlier in the show, the Indiana Pacers. I mean, that's true. Nice addition in Victor Oladipo, to say the least. And yeah. of course, they are very People well close to Mike McMillan. Yeah, right. They've got a great backcourt in uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo, and you've got T.J. McConnell off the bench. He can really hustle out there too. He leaves it all out there, which you've got to love too, that's right? Some quality pieces on that. Absolutely. Team. Right. Yeah. And th- yeah, of course, absolutely. they can space the floor. Jeremy Lamb, T.J. Warren. They've got Miles Turner, Demontis Wonis as the front court. They're a re- really well-rounded team. However, at the same time, when I look at some interesting matches, especially considering who went right into the Bucks, I don't see who could on that team might be 
might give Giannis some trouble, but they do have some size, though, because you look at teams like Philly, where they're really long, they're, they're just huge in terms of size. They're really built to stop Giannis specifically because it's no secret that when you keep him out of the paint, you get more success, as my Toronto Raptors did last season, right? So that would be something to keep an eye on, too, if teams want to size up in the East, just to contain Giannis to some extent. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Right. Hey, Griff, really nice talking to you. Anything else you want to say before you end the call? Uh, just one other thing, just the Devin Booker All-Star snub. Yeah. Oh, that is right. brutal. I, I know, yeah, right? I know. What, what are your thoughts, though, before we all jump yeah. on that band? <laughs> yeah. I think what was it, the stat was he's the only player to average 27. 27 right, right. 27 with 50% plus shooting. Uh, right. And since LeBron, Larry Bird, uh, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, right? Wow. He's in some elite company. Yeah, I, just, I don't agree that he should be snubbed. It's unfortunate. Oh, yeah, he gets disrespected year in yeah, and year out. One of the most uh, underrated players I in the know, league, right. and he should have made this All Star game Definitely. in his sleep this year. So unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's part of the problem with being on the Suns. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Suns, another guy I think could be in the move. Aaron Baines. I feel like someone could really use his services. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Celtics circle back and try to bring him back because they can really use a big man sort of presence They're there. They're not really using Enes Kanter much, and Tease might might be. Yeah, Daniel Tice. And it's kind of, yeah, right. Yeah, they could really use shore up that in terms of size wise, like we were saying earlier. But yeah. that would really make for an interesting. The next week will be really interesting to see how things shape out. Uh, you know what? How well, how about I go out on a limb and make a big prediction for this weekend? Right, I okay. feel like my Toronto Raptors are going to acquire the services of Andre Godala. Not sure who we're going to give up, but I, I hope it's not a first rounder, but that could be. The trade breaker. We'll see. Uh, there's no way they're giving up a first round. Yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see. The, like, Raptors his, his, much, the Raptors care too much about their pride. Yeah. Well, you, 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 I, like I agree with that, yeah. right? But uh, at the same time, especially since they're overachieving this year, I don't think they're giving up a first round. Just the amount of players they brought in in the draft and the way that they've developed them, you know. But I, I, I would, I would like to see Iguodala in the in the Raps jersey. It would be a nice piece to that would be great to add hey. on and maybe give me a little more hope for those playoffs. Griffin, thank you so much awesome. for tuning in. It's a pleasure having you uh, yeah. on our show. Thanks so much, you know, you're the very first uh, call in we're house, so yeah. we're, all, we're always going to hold you to a special place in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. Yeah, no Have a good one. Take How care. Have a good one, Griff. Take care. Hey, guys. Our next caller was Cam, who called in to talk about the NHL. Welcome back to the Sport Report. I'm Kamal Karimi here with Garrett Vanderplug and Shafiq Hassan. We've got a caller in, and we're going to talk a little bit about the revival of the Battle of Alberta. So, uh, Shafiq, Garrett, get ready for a nice little discussion. Already. <laughs> Looking forward to it. So, what's what do we your have name, here? caller? Can we grab your name? Yeah. Sorry about that. Can we grab your name? Cam. Cam. Hey, Cam, how's it going? Good. Is this Cam Chapel speaking? <laughs> No, this is not. <laughs> definitely. So are you a Flames fan though. or an Oilers fan? Please, please uh, say Flames fan. De- definitely a Flames fan, not okay. an Oilers fan. But, um, nice yeah, to hear. I was, was a, afraid. I was afraid for you for a second there, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts on uh, the Battle of Alberta finally coming back? A little bit more spark in there. Um, well, it's been quite a few years of both teams, you know, in the bottom of the barrel, doing not too much, like, just... Once the Flames got Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monaghan, they kind of started making the playoffs, but then they went back to the old ways. Started falling in last place again. Oilers got McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and that kind of brought them back. And then For sure. The yeah, I think Flames it's, it's finally pick- relevant again because the, the Oilers yeah. are actually doing well this season, or at least somewhat well, right? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely the James Neal factor. Yeah, you know, yeah. James Neal. He just Neal. brought them back, and for us, it's... Milan Lucic, you know, what a trade. Yeah, that yeah. trade has definitely been a defining factor. 
Yeah, for sure. But I, I was just talking two games, the last two games. You know, Matthew Kachuk answering the bell against the heavy like Zach Cassian. Or something, you know, that I think gains him a lot of respect in the league. He's known as kind of a rat and making plays like dirty plays like his beef with Drew Doughty and stuff like that. For sure. You know, he finally asked through the bell and shows like, you know, he'll, he will step up to fight. And, yeah, finally uh, stops a lot of that chatter that's been uh, going around about him, right? Yeah, for sure. I hey, Cam, you know what's your answer. Hey, Cam, yeah. what's your prediction for the the final Flames-Oilers uh, game battle near the end of the season? Near the end of the season? Well, they got one more game left. I right. believe it's April, April 4th, 4th or 6th. Yep, 4th. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, Flames, they got to bounce back. Oh, yeah, they we're, we're going to blow them out. We're going to blow them out. We're not going to oh, let them yeah. get into it at we all whatsoever. We have to. It's, we sure will. It's key because I think, you know, I think we're all deep down hoping we meet them in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. We absolutely. have this great first round seven game series. Oh, that would where, be awesome, you know, right? It'd be good yeah. for like us to build momentum after a series like that. Let's say we take them out in six, seven games. That's huge going into the second round. Right, right. Yeah. Any any like, Canadian playoff matchup that would make for some great entertainment and of course like really yeah. underrated rivalry if like that, the Flames if that and Canucks. Flames, right? Oilers playoff battle happens. I'm, I'm camping out on yeah. 17th. Absolutely. I'm on the, the whole time. You can catch me down even there. Even if the uh, the way the Vancouver Canucks are playing and the way the Flames are kind of on a downtrend, the Flames get that final wild card spot and they play Vancouver. That would be an amazing playoff series, just like I believe it was 2014, 2015. Yep. Yeah. yeah. When, when uh, Michael Furlan yeah. stepped on the scene and really made his, a name for himself. In yeah, how about, how about the tables turning, hey? Michael Furlan almost back for the Canucks. Of course, he's been on the mend from his injury, but that would be an amazing round matchup too. Just for sure, Cam, yeah. thank you so much for calling in. Any last thoughts that you have on the uh, NHL trade deadline or any other sports-related news? No, not too much, guys. I just listened to the show the last couple of times, and I think you guys are doing an awesome job, so keep it up. Pleasure uh, having you. Thank you, you so much. Lot, Cam. Appreciate that. Yeah. Hope to hear from you no again, problem. bud. Yeah, hope yeah, you call back again next day, time. Boys. All right, thanks for going. During our fourth show, we had two different callers. The first we'll look at was one of our most wise guests, who went by Big H. All right, and let's get that call. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. We got another caller on the line For here. Sure, we've got Big H calling in to talk some more NHL. Welcome How's to it the going, show. Big H. Big H, you there? Big H is here. Awesome. <laughs> hey, How's it going, buddy? What going? do you want to talk about? Hey, I want to talk about uh, like what if the Flames don't pick up anybody up before the trade deadline? You think they uh, can go far, far and make the playoffs? I sure do, yes. I think they can make the playoffs, but I'm not sure how big of a contender they're going to be as they've had some inconsistencies this season. That's their main problem. They're consistently being inconsistent. Yeah. And another thing is, like, um, like the games that they're supposed to win, they, they don't seem to get up for them, and they lose them all the time. Absolutely. Especially like that game we had against San Jose. Exactly. That's been their nemesis all of, like for as long as I've been rooting for the team. Absolutely. That's something he's been lacking all season. I feel like someone we're going to dangle, though, at the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if he moved him. Uh, Sam Bennett. I feel like yeah. he just needs a new change of scenery. Even Mark Jankowski has been hot as of late. What are your thoughts on those guys potentially being moved? Jankowski would be in hot now. I think now and him and Sam Bennett would make a, a good pair to get some money. I agree with you, yeah. I feel like looking at the recent uh, injuries on the blue line, we could be in the market for a blue line. Someone like Matt Dumba, Sammy Vatnin, 
Alec Martinez, possibly. Matt Dumba, another Calgary native. Yeah. I'd like to see Speaking I'd like of to Calgary him natives, too, yeah. He's a tough guy, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we got to stay away from the, the old-time free agents because you I seem agree. to get being yeah. burned on them all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've been linked to guys like Ilya Kovalchuk, well. and yeah. I do not want the Flames to touch Ilya Kovalchuk <laughs> at all. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Do you think, do you think the team plays um, better in front of one goalie against the other goalie? Or? Um, not really. I feel like in some situations, whether it's like a back-to-back or like just in some games, like you were saying, some get, some nights we show up, some nights we're like so quiet out there, like we don't even mm-hmm. want to lay a hit, block a shot, things like that. So some guys are left hung out to dry, whereas some guys have a team that's actually willing to play in front of them. It's just really frustrating to see as a fan. I couldn't agree with you more. Exactly. All right. Thanks All for right. calling in, Big yeah, H. Thanks for calling, Big H. Yeah, hey. good one. You guys have a great show there. Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, thanks a lot. Have a good day. You so, too. Bye. Yeah. Earlier in the same show, we had a hilarious interview with a caller named Augie. Here are some of the best bits from the phone call. Um, we got a quick caller. Oh. We got Augie on the line to talk awesome. about some TJ Brody. What, do you, what, what the Flames are going to do with him? What do we think, Augie? Yeah, just uh, just wondering what you guys think they're going to do with uh, TJ Brody. Uh, guy can't catch a pass. Can't <laughs> no. I'm with you, man. Um, yeah, so I uh, just want to get your guys' thoughts on uh, on what the Flames should do with TJ Brody. Should they send him down? Should they trade him? Should they keep oh. him? What are they doing? Uh, this is a really tough one because, be- in my opinion, uh, we were going to dangle TJ Brody to either, either add forward depth or maybe even bolster that blue line, of course, improving it. Um, with the recent injuries, though, I feel like that that those plans might have changed, and we might have to hold on to him because you don't want to sacrifice defensive depth at the deadline, right? But uh, I, I agree. Uh, as streaky as TJ Brody is, especially defensively, um, he's a great puck moving demon. Um, I know I understand that most of our fan base is not very fond of him, and at times I get very frustrated with him too. I feel like we might have to just write it out with him because, uh, of course, he's been Geo's partner for like many many years. I feel like we don't want to give him up. Unless we've got like a hell of a deal on the line, something that we can't turn away, we might give him away. But I feel like it's very unlikely that he'd give him away at this point, considering Mark Giordano and Travis Havnick's injuries. Yeah, How about you, Garrett? I don't think we're going to be moving any defensemen. If anything, I think we're going to hold on to Brody, and then he's probably going to walk in free agency. Yeah. It's going to be between him and Travis Havnick. Augie, uh, in a perfect world, what do you want to see the Flames do at the NHL trade deadline? Get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where would you like to see him go? Anywhere. Anywhere? Yeah, not a DJ Brody uh, fan? What, what do you want back from him? That's a, yeah. that's a real question. What do you think is in the market for uh, Pox? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, Man, you are just, is real. just not a big Brody fan, which, honestly, oh I can't. I got to admit, I'm kind of in the same boat. Who's your favorite team? I don't know. I'm a really big Panthers fan. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like the Panthers are in the, demon, uh, in the market for a demon, so I wonder if they break the bank for Brody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of know. demon, other guys that could be in the move, Alec Martinez, Sammy Vennett, what are your thoughts on those guys as potential acquisitions for your team? I'm not worried about them. <laughs> Panthers are good. Good coach. Tough one last night against the Flyers, but uh, oh, yeah. they're going they're, they're, they're to be coming up strong. Yeah, i got to give it up for Joel Quenville. I agree. Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Any more thoughts, Augie, before we uh, let you go here? No, that's okay. I'll I'll call in when you guys are on the air again. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks hope for calling you, in. Hope okay. to hear you yeah, in the next few weeks. Love, yeah, love good one. Ahead. Thanks a lot. All right. The final interview we picked for the podcast was our first in-studio interview with fellow CMRU.ca broadcaster Jordan Cameron, recapping the events of the NBA All-Star Weekend. 
Welcome back to the Sport Report. I'm Kamal Karimi here with Shafiq Hassan, Gary Vanderplug, and we got a very special guest in for an interview. We got fellow fellow broadcaster Jordan Cameron. What's up? How's Jordan. it going today, Jordan? It's going pretty good so far. Nice to have you, man. Mm-hmm. So, Jordan, we brought you in to talk a little bit about the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. Obviously, a lot went down. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you want to kick off? What was your highlight of that weekend? Well, first of all, I'd like to mention how the final score, 157 to 154. 155, 155, yeah. 155. If you subtract the numbers, it's 24, or it's two. If you add all the numbers together, it's 24. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Remarkable, yeah. 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 There's there's a couple weird coincidences with, like, that. I mean, yeah, that game just ever since that tragedy, there's been many, like, statistical coincidences of, like, stat lines, whether it be stat lines or scores, mm-hmm. box scores and things of that nature. But, yeah, th- that was a tremendous all-star week, and I agree with you. What was your favorite part of that event, other, other than the score, of course? I like the dunk contest, but yeah. Aaron Gordon definitely got rocked. I don't know. I agree. Derek I agree. Jones, I mean, Derek Jones Jr. had like one heck of a night too. I thought he could have won it just as easy as Aaron Gordon. He sure did. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. Jumping over Taco Falls. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Do you guys say DeRozan was a snub? I do not. I no. don't think so. No. 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 Um, he did. One, have one of my favorite players. Twenty for like statistically great, but I feel like he's uh, not an all-star player than me. No disrespect mm. to him. Not anymore, at least. Not this season. Not on. Especially not on in the Spurs. West. No. Especially in the West. Yeah, the West is just. If he was way on too a different stacked. team, maybe, but not yeah. on the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Who's your favorite team? Spurs. Spurs. Oh, yeah. oh really? Okay. It's Spurs Love that. and Raptors. Yeah. And before, like last season they had no conflict with each other yeah. just the odd two games mm-hmm. hey, we still got no conflict we just got some yeah. history because we had and a then, big blockbuster <laughs> and then Kawhi yeah. Leonard gets traded for DeMar DeRozan uh-huh. like, yeah I'm never gonna forget like that, that night by the like way that trade probably not eh I hey, didn't like we got a chip yeah but <laughs> yeah. also I mean, losing Kawhi fan. on the Spurs yeah okay as a Spurs fan I'd be very unhappy because yeah. I'm sure you can see DeMar DeRozan's not the best three-point shooter out there um or not the, the best, best defender, defender. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, looking at the NBA, it was. Where do you com- think the Warriors are going to be next season, with everyone healthy? Do you I think, think they're going to be back to being a contender. I think they will be, and I want to mm. see them in the finals again. We can run it back, go back to back. We're going to beat them again, <laughs> but uh, as long as we got Patrick McCall, we're fine. And of course, Kyle Lowry, the best point guard on the planet. Wow! But, uh, wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah! Wow! Hey, what are your thoughts <laughs> on that? By the, the way, show, what, are, what are your thoughts <laughs> yeah. on Kyle Lowry be, uh, being, in my opinion, the the best point guard on the planet? What are your thoughts on that? You'd be wrong. People forget they've forgotten how good Steph Curry was because he's been injured. Yes, that's true. What like, about what about Trey Young? Trey uh, Young just went for fifty. Who would you rather have, Kyle Lowry or Trey Young? Trey Young. No. See the right issue here, with right Trey now, Young. Trey Young over no. Kyle Lowry. Is, Why is was Trey Young, Young benched in the fourth quarter of the NBA All Star game? He cannot play defense. <laughs> is Trey Young like a new Michael Carter Williams? Um, <laughs> playing good on a bad team. No, I, I think I think he's I think he's the next Steph Curry, and you know what? This is a bit of a stretch. It's so very early. Next Steph Curry. Very early. Not take next, next Steph Curry, Curry over no. Kyle Lowry. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. This is very early. This, he's Wait, only in his he second loves year. Kyle Lowry, guys. Hey, listen to me. He's only in his second year. Sorry to cut you off, Jordan, but he's only in his second year. He's a tremendous passer. That's one thing we don't like. For sure, that's why I take him over Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Lowry's the best passer in the East. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Okay, Trey Young has a dominant big man in John Collins, and he just got another one named Clint Capella. Okay. Right? Yep. So he's going to be getting more assists. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Whereas right. Kyle Lowry is just stuck with, I mean, not oh. a knocking a Serge Ibaka. <laughs> <laughs> that Raptors no, no. bias is kind of going away now. No, 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 no. no. It's, not, it's not a knocking a Serge Ibaka. It's, it's, I'm, like, I'm using it to my advantage to defend my guy Kyle Lowry. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, let's be honest. Uh, Mark, um, Serge Ibaka, sorry, and Marcus Gasol, of course, are our one-two center tandem. Tremendous centers. They can really defend. They can do it all. Which, uh, of course, some other guys like Trey Young can't because he's only he's a liability on the defensive end. But uh, 
But uh, hey, Jordan, well, not it's, been, it's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no problem. All right, Jordan, you got me. a show on uh, Thursday nights at six o'clock. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about it. So the show is called Vibe Check. Okay, it's just a bunch of people doing whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, yeah. Sounds like a good one. Yeah, well suited yeah. for someone like you, right? Yeah. And when is that again, sir? <laughs> Thursdays. Uh, Thursdays at six. Six. Okay, Thursdays perfect. Six. Okay, Two pleasure having you in studio, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Let's throw things back to Kamala. I think we got. Along with recapping the biggest sports in the world each week, we also show the connection between sports and music, integrating different songs each week for our listeners. Here are some of the best music moments to close out the podcast. We're just going to play a little quick song from another hockey movie. Not really considered a hockey movie, but I consider it a hockey movie, and it may be one of my favorites. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Um, Adam Sandler movie. If you're not an Adam Sandler fan, then great I, movie. One of my favorites. Happy yeah. Gilmore. Right. Definitely I mean, one of the all-time greats, especially as sports fans. It's a sports fans, right? movie, right? So <laughs> yeah. I yeah. it still fits. Fair but, um, yeah. I mean, he wears yeah. a hockey jersey while he golfs. Exactly. Or call it a hockey <laughs> jersey <laughs> the entire time, and, yeah. he, and he putts with a with a hockey stick. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. Anyways, we're gonna hear a song that uh, from that movie. We're gonna hear "Carry On, Wayward Son" by Kansas. Classic. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry no more um, That being said, I loved Fury's walkout. Uh, it felt like a mo- scene from a movie, honestly. It felt like I was watching an old-school boxing movie or like a Rocky movie or something. Uh, the way he came out on the, uh, on the throne... And the song he played, I think it was the perfect song to play kind of as a contrast for the uh, what was about to be happening. You know, the uh, the boxing event is obviously going to be just pure fighting for 12 rounds and crazy is just a great way to come out. So here's Crazy by Patsy Cline. There were so many amazing, joyful moments in sports this semester, but the following final segments include some more heartfelt moments, specifically some brief tributes that have been included in the podcast to pay respect. We dedicate this best of podcast to them. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're talking about Kobe Bryant and Gary Vanderpump. Okay, uh, yeah, as everyone knows, Kobe Bryant tragically passed away in a helicopter crash just past Sunday, and... That one, that one really hit home for me, I'd have to say. Uh, Kobe Bryant growing up was probably my favorite player in the sports world, growing up watching him play basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers and just dominating the entire league. It was totally tragic that the way that happened, and um, it's a tragic loss for the sports world. Uh, a legend is gone, and it's just really, really sad to see something like that. Shafiq, what do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, just on uh, around on Sunday afternoon, we received some word of Kobe's alleged passing, and there were some reports, reported first by TMZ, and just uh, really took time to accept it and just for it to set in. I didn't really believe it at first, much like many of us, too. Um, of course, TMZ, maybe not the most reliable source out there, but uh, it was verified thereafter, unfortunately, and just one of the most influential athletes of our, of our generation passing away. Just really hard to come to grips with that. Of course, knowing the influence he had on us and just the game of basketball, and more importantly, just the way he played and inspired our generation itself, really reflecting in the current generation of NBA players that we look up to as right now. Hey, he was a true role model, and something like that you just never want to see happen. And 
Yeah, Kamal, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it was uh, a little bit heartbreaking. I mean, I've never really, I, I never really got into the NBA or basketball in general until I got a, a little bit older. But even being younger and being a soccer fan, whenever Kobe Bryant was playing in the playoffs, you know, those big series, you would always want to see it. You know, you'd always try to tune in and try to catch Kobe just to watch that level of uh, greatness. And I think one of the greatest things I saw was the trend of the uh, Mamba mentality. You know, yeah. I think that's what he represents the most and uh, what he represented the most, I should say. Um, and he was, uh, his mentality passed on through every sport. And I think that's kind of hard for a lot of athletes. You know, we think of different athletes and how they expand out to different sports and how they have an appreciation from different athletes. You know, I'm a, like I said, I'm a soccer fan. So I saw a bunch of professional soccer players Tri- paying tribute to uh, Kobe, you know, Neymar did a little tribute. A lot of people posted on social media. It just shows his impact on not only the, the world of basketball but the world of sport. Oh, for sure, yeah. And like that, mom going back to the mom mentality thing. Like that's just not even like a way of sport. It's more like a like a mentality for life. For sure. Like never giving up and just do just being the best. You is basically the root of that message. And when the the lead ambassador for that tragically passes away like that, then it's a pretty big loss. So. For sure. So I think uh, all of us are on the same boat here in um, paying our condolences and paying our respects to Kobe Bryant, the Bryant family, for their loss or, Absolutely. of Kobe and Gianna. And let's, uh, let's take a little bit of a moment of silence before we hear some music from Kanye West, and we'll uh, get back into the show. Okay, so up next we're going to hear from Kanye West from his newest album, Here's Everything We Need, featuring Ty Dolla Signs. We began after the storm Alright, uh, and before before we get going, uh, some other news in the NHL, not to add on a bit of a sad note, but yeah. Hall of Famer Henry Richard did pass away today at the age of 84. Yeah, some Rest sad news. Henry Richard. Rest in peace, yes. Most um, Stanley Cups really by a player. News. Of course, we did not witness him. He he played in the 50s or 60s, I believe it was. But, of course, most Stanley Cups as a player. Uh, you can make a comparison to Bill Russell. Sort yeah, of. little brother to the Rocket. Yeah. Both legends. Right, so. right. Yeah, really sad. Uh, yeah, just sad news. But really looking forward to this weekend. A lot of great matches Yeah, lots, ahead. a lot of good um, hockey games coming up this and, weekend. And, of course, uh, tonight the le- – some basketball news, actually. So the, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers will be playing. The top two teams in, the, in their respective conferences will be playing. So I will be having that recording while the Flames game takes place. I'll watch after. And Sunday night will be – Sunday, all the all Lakers will be great. 110 to Bucks Le- 104 final score. Okay. LeBron is 25. How about, we, how about we just make all of our predictions for Sunday right now? So before we make the predictions, Lakers Clippers at 130, Flames Vegas at 5 o'clock, and – Raptors Sacramento at 7:30, I believe. I'm taking the Raps over the Kings, obviously. Yes, you better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Flames over Knights, of course, and yeah. Clippers over Lakers. Um, Lakers by the, over by the way, the Clippers. Actually, are, I don't know. The Clippers. I'd actually probably take Clippers over Lakers. Maybe. Yeah. I think yes. Yeah, if Paul yeah, George, if I'm being Kawhi objective, playing, if I'm being objective, Kawhi's Clippers over Lakers. If both, are play, if both of their stars <laughs> are playing, I think they're a very difficult team to beat. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. Amazing season. Yeah. Okay, I think that's right. about it Let's for the show, up. guys. Yeah, you guys. Thank you great. so much for everyone out there <laughs> listening. Have a great weekend, and we look forward to having you back next week, 9 a.m. same time, same location. CRMU.ca by students for you. Have for a great sure. weekend, guys. For sure, and we got a special show next week. We got a couple members of the uh, MRU men's basketball team coming in for a little bit of a game show. So it's going to be a little bit of a different sports report next week, but we will give you the up-to-date news. Uh, to close out the show, I want to do a little tribute to. 
uh, like you guys said, Henry Richard and uh, somebody close to me who passed away. Um, I want to send a shout out to Glenn Smith and his family. Uh, stay strong, guys. Here's Come Sail Away by Sticks. That concludes the Best of the Sports Report podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 